Hello, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I'm Michael, and today I am joined by my very good friend, Steven. How are you, Steven? Uh, I'm good. Um, doing good this morning, you know? Everything's going pretty smooth, so... <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you just had two days off from work, so this I is did. like your first day back, right? Yeah, my first day back from my mini vacation. And how was that? Uh, it was good. Uh, I did a lot of, I got a lot done with my projects and things. Uh, I comic uh, inked up like three different pages, so. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, um, me and Steven actually met at work, so you and I started working together, and then we kind of started chatting, and then, you know, we started hanging out a lot, and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting me to do some art for him, so. Yeah. So, uh, under my first commission or real commission I would say so. <laughs> yeah I mean you're really freaking good at it too I'm very excited like I'm really happy that um I was able to get you on to help me do these logos and stuff so speaking of which uh yeah announcement I'm uh, coming out with logos soon for my podcast because I want to start doing merch so Steven has graciously helped uh decided to help me with it so thank you steven you're welcome it's been fun <laughs> yeah it's i'm i'm excited you were just showed me actually right before we recorded or started recording you showed me like the finished product of one of the logos so exciting i'm very very excited <laughs> me too so and also thank you for being here today i'm hey, really happy that uh you could uh come on i know that we've been um <laughs> postponing this every so often it's just that the last three weeks have been really busy so we're literally recording today two almost three weeks after the fact now yeah it's been a while <laughs> we found oh april 1st all right uh-huh oh let's do it oh, let's do it push it let's push it yeah so yeah here we are. <laughs> and here we are finally um yeah and i haven't recorded in a week i was just telling you that too steven i haven't recorded in a week so i'm a little rusty because uh my friend heather just visited me from louisiana she just went back on tuesday so i didn't podcast at all the entire time that i was that she was here so yeah little coming back into it's kind of scary when you're not doing it for a really long time it's kind of weird it throws you off a little bit but yeah have you been watching anything interesting lately steven um let's see um you know not really i haven't been watching (laughs) for the past couple months now it's like i picked up like weightlifting i picked up cartooning and so that's kind of, well, it takes a lot of time, you know, Oh yeah. to, to take a project and push it all the way through. So I just haven't really had time to uh, watch anything, but I have been reading some things. I started Ooh. reading uh, some Greek plays. Very cool. Uh, what's it called? The Persians or Persians. Oh, okay. By, uh, some Greek playwright. So I started reading that. Very cool. Is it, is it good? Um... Yeah, it's good. Okay, um, I was like waiting yeah. for. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's interesting, because uh, it's like, for the Greeks, it was history. Yeah. And they kind of manipulated it to make it like, presentable, entertaining, but also leaves a you know with the lesson. Like, here's a story. Moral of the story: Don't be a douche. Exactly. Basically. Yep. <laughs> be a respectable person. Be a respectable human being. It's exactly. like I feel like that's that's something that people some people have a hard time getting into their brains it's just why can't we all just be decent human beings in this world exactly (laughs) um yeah but yeah just very very excited to have you on today steven so thank you for doing that yeah it's good to be here 
Um, but without further ado, do you want to get into the We Love Horror 3 question lightning round? Yes, I changed it from 5 to 3 because I've been told by a couple of people that five might just be too much just for like the flow of things. And I kind of agree with them. I think the five question thing, especially when you have, you know, more than just you and me, Steven on here, when I have like multiple people where it's like two to three other people, five questions for each person is kind of a lot. So I'm narrowing it down to three. That's kind of a new format change that I'm implementing today. So this is the first time I believe. Um, but yeah, Steven, since you are the guest of honor, do you want to ask me the first question? Uh, sure, I'll be happy to. Okay. <laughs> who, or who's your favorite director, and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, you just mean horror director, correct? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, um, my favorite horror director... Well, if we're talking about, like... So I have, I have two answers for this. So if we're talking about, like, uh, old school directors, Wes Craven for sure, because he's made like all the Scream movies. Uh, he's made the Nightmare. He made the first Nightmare on Elm Street, plus a couple of other ones. Um, he's just, I mean, he passed away unfortunately. I think in 2015 is what it was. So um, yeah, I would have to say him. But as new directors go, like New Age, I would either have to say James Wan or uh, Mike Flanagan because they're both fantastic. So yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> All right, I'll. Sounds good. You're like, I'll take it. All right. <laughs> um, so my first question for you is what? And I know, and I um want to preface to the listeners that Steven's not much of a horror fan. Like you're not much of a horror guy. I, like I feel like I've been getting you into horror movies lately since we've been hanging out. But before you met me, I don't think you really watched any. Have you? Um, I've watched some, but I've only seen horror movies because. I recognized an actor, or I recognized so-and-so, and I thought, oh, I know that person, I like that person, this must be a good movie, so I watched it, and I was, oh. Yeah. Oh. You're like, <laughs> okay. You're like, uh, that was a big mistake, shouldn't have watched that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, let's see, but since you got me watching it, started watching it, I've been thinking more about horror, and how uh, you think of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it has, that one has religious undertones, you know? Yeah. Um, basically, um, Frankenstein, he took some, he rebelled against God. You know, he took something that was very sacred life, life Mm -hmm. itself. And then he, he tried to recreate that, which was out of his bounds, you know? Yep. And so then he got a demon chasing after him for it. (laughs) So and that's the whole premise of horror. You have some demon chasing after you. Um, the morality part is still kind of there. Yeah. If you're like not socially acceptable or that's not appropriate and then <laughs> you die. Yep. So, yep. I can, exactly. It, I think, uh, it's like, it's, it's religious, but it, it sort of takes out the, uh, the redemption part. Yeah. So there's, that's my theory. So yeah. Very, very interesting. Cause yeah. Frankenstein, I feel like, uh, one of those classic movie monsters for sure. Um, and I definitely, I like how you, what you took out of, from that too. Very interesting. Very interesting. We're learning something new today, guys. Steven is, Steven is teaching us with his, about like a no- knowledge abound is what Steven is giving us today. And I love it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so my first question for you, Steven is, uh, what is the scariest movie that you've seen so far like in your lifetime what what movie actually like scared you so much that you had to you know go home and s- turn on all the lights in your house or sleep with the light on or 
Oh, okay. Have you had that experience before? I have. Ooh. Um, so this was, well, I was really young, right? I was like 13 or something. Mm-hmm. I saw The Lord of the Rings. I was like, <laughs> I have never seen anything scary before. Yeah. You know, I haven't, my parents, it was like, oh, you can't watch PG-13 movies. It's of the devil. Yeah. And um, so I saw Lord of the Rings for, you know, the first time. And, you know, the monsters in there, you know, the orcs and stuff. It, just, They're creepy looking, was, right? Yeah. Yeah. Haunted my dreams, you know. So. <laughs> I love that yeah. it was an actual, like, horror film that scared it, you. Yeah. It, was it wasn't even exactly right. the was... opposite of that. Yeah. So, kind of embarrassing, but. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hit me with your second question, Steven. All right. You're like, put me on the spot here. Damn. Um, let's see. Uh. You know, I'm into actors, so I thought I'd ask you, uh, can you rank your top three horror actors? Ooh. Okay, that's a that's a good one. Um that's a really good question. Yeah, I don't have I don't think we've had anyone on this show ask that question yet. So I really like that question. Um It's a very tough question too, because there's so many and I go for more actresses than actors, so I think I'm gonna go with okay, actresses. My top three favorite actor actresses okay. uh florence Pugh for sure uh she's in midsummer and she's fantastic i'm obsessed with her um mary elizabeth winstead she's in final destination three um the thing like all these horror films um and then last but not least i probably have to say hmm I'm going to go with a classic here and say Nev Campbell because she's the, you know, she plays Sydney Prescott in Scream. So she's a, she's iconic. She's, it's classic. So I have oh, to yeah. go with those three. Definitely my top three for sure. Um, so my next question is, ooh, let's see. And this is just based off of like what movies you've seen with me so far, I guess. Um, unless there's other that you can think of that you haven't watched with me. But if you were trapped on a desert island and you could only bring five horror movies with you to watch for the rest of your life, which ones would you choose? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I would choose three horror movies that, or five, five horror movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. If it's easier for you, I can narrow it down to three, but <laughs> I know oh, you have, okay. like I said... Um, you haven't watched very many, so if it's easier for you to, like, me narrow it down to three, I can do that, too. Okay. Um, probably The Final Girls. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. Scream. Okay. Scream. We're going classic here. I like it. Um. Yeah, I haven't seen Dracula. The or original or the... Because there's, like, so many Dracula movies. Are you talking about, like, the black and white original or, like, the more new version? Um, Shoot, I haven't seen any of them. Maybe mm. I'd bring it just so I can see it. Yeah, just so you can watch it. <laughs> just so I can watch it. Or yeah. both of them take... I can take both, maybe? Well, you're like, if I don't or, like it, can I exchange it for another movie? Or, yeah. <laughs> kind of like when you go to Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, I didn't like this movie. I'm going to switch it out for another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dracula's... Dracula's a good one, depending on... Depends on which one you pick, though. Um, oh, right. I haven't seen... Well, I'm with you. I haven't seen all of the Dracula films, or, like... I'm not a huge vampire fan, per se, but, you know, I think if you were to pick the original Dracula, or 
um oh shit i can't think of what the full name of this uh dracula film is but it's pretty good too but yeah <laughs> yeah so those are your three that you would take uh yeah very nice those are my three very nice all right steven third and final question for me oh okay so we kind of touched on this a little bit mm-hmm. uh with our, our frankenstein and so my question is what's been the evolution of the horror genre you know horror, horror mm-hmm. movies uh, and do you like the direction it's going? Ooh. Yeah, I really... That's a good question you came up with. Damn, you're making me look... You're Steven's making me look bad on my own show today, you guys. Like, he's oh, asking right. me all these fucking good questions. I'm just asking him these basic bitch questions. But, <laughs> good job, by the way. Um, so, to answer the first part of that question, um, I think... I think there's a specific, like, movie or, like, set of movies from each decade that you can kind of point out and be like, okay, that kind of changed um, that decade of horror. For example, like, Halloween came out in 1978, so that, like, changed the slasher genre. So then all through the 80s, uh, coming up to, like, the early 90s, you had, like, these slashers like Jason and Freddy and Michael and all these people. So it's like, that was, like, a horror staple in that time. Um, in the nineties, you kind of had like the revival of the slasher genre again, like at the late nineties when scream came out I mean, you had like all these, and then I feel like this decade, like this decade in the past decade have been mostly, um, psychological or supernatural. And I really do like the way that it's going because, you know, you get movies like Midsommar and Hereditary that I feel like are so much different from any movies that I've ever seen. And it's, it's, there's a lot of movies that are coming out that are taking more of like an artsy approach or like a you know, a more, um, psychological approach. And I think psychological films are a lot scarier than, you know, Ooh, someone's going to jump out from a, <laughs> from behind a corner and kill you kind of thing. I feel like psychological is scarier because it's like dealing with the mind and like stuff like that. So it's like, I, I suffer with a lot of, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. So like watching those movies, it gives me anxiety, but it's like a good type of anxiety. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> If that makes any sense, That's but fascinating. yes, yeah, but yes, I do. I do really much enjoy, um, where the genre is going right now. I'm excited to see like what else we can do with it. Cause I just feel like we're constantly just continuing to evolve with that. So yeah. Interesting. Good question, Steven. Damn. I hope that was a good enough answer for you too. No, it was good. <laughs> I liked that answer. Oh, good. Um, all right. So my final question is, how long do you think you would survive in a horror movie, Steven? I think I'd be the first to die. Oh, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I would. I... No hesitation whatsoever with that. Like, I literally asked the question. You're like, oh, I would die right away. Uh, I'm just like, I just know because I'm terrible with like, I was playing a game the other day and I was, I was, it was like a battleship thing mm-hmm. and I said the wrong number and <laughs> I freaking, oh man. <laughs> Oh, so you think you'd be the first to die, huh? Yeah, I, I, because I, I don't do well in games. So I'm, I think if you do, like, it, maybe it's like a horror game, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Between you and the the whoever's trying to kill you, and it's like I probably won't be able to outsmart him, you know? I don't know. Or whoever the demon is. And yeah, then, yeah. Well, I feel like if know. it's a demon, you're practically you know screwed anyway. Yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was a demon, so. That's interesting. That's fun. I see. I I'm gonna give you a little more credit than you give yourself. Um, I'm gonna say you would make it pretty far because I feel like you have. I don't know. Just from knowing you this past year, I feel like you have a very you're very smart. Like you're very intelligent. I feel like you'd be. I feel personally, you would be able to outsmart the killer. 
but oh, thank you you're welcome i feel like you know you're i i've never seen you like freak out or anything i feel like you'd be very calm cool collected like okay everybody let's figure this out we're getting stalked and killed by a you know homicidal maniac let's figure out how we're gonna you know survive i feel like you would be actually pretty good at it so well thank you you're welcome but that that killed me seriously (laughs) how long would you survive in a horror movie not long (laughs) i would die right away right away (laughs) oh my god that was great um but yeah, that ends the We Love Horror 3 question lightning round. Thank you for participating, Steven. Hey, you're welcome. Hope that was lightning enough. Oh my gosh, it was so <laughs> good. Like those questions, I'm telling you, those were like some of the best questions I've had on the show so far. Like I, you know, um, I've had really good questions, obviously. I'm not, you know, <laughs> bad mouthing anybody else that's been on the show, but like those questions I've never heard before. Like not a single question that you asked today I've heard once on this podcast. So that's very interesting. Wow. I liked it. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but without further ado, Stephen, would you like to get into the movie discussion that we're talking about today? All right. And what movie would that be, Stephen? Disturbia. From 2007. By, oh. I don't know the director. but <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get into that in a minute. Um, of course. But yeah, uh, Disturbia came out in 2007. It has an IMDb rating of 6.8, which is pretty high. It's a pretty good rating for really good rating actually (laughs) um and the synopsis is a teen living under house arrest begins to suspect that his neighbor next door might be a serial killer so and it was directed by dj caruso i think is how you say it um and he's known for i've seen a few of his movies uh he's known for taking lives uh i am number four the disappointments room and he's also rumored to be directing the are you afraid of the dark movie which i don't know if that's coming out this year or next year I don't remember. Um, but yeah, those are the only ones that I notably know him from. Um, but Christopher Landon and Carl Ellsworth wrote the script. And Christopher Landon is no stranger to the horror genre, Stephen. Um, he's uh, written paranormally, parano- paranormally, Paranormal Activity 1 through 5, um, Happy Death Day to You. He also wrote and directed um, Happy Death Day. He directed um freaky scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse and the new paranormal there's a new paranormal activity film that's supposedly coming out this year or next as well so he's he's done a lot of stuff uh when it comes to the horror genre um and let's see carl ellsworth however he's known for a few uh horror films as well so he's known for red eye which is a really good movie i want to watch that movie with you at some point uh disturbia obviously uh the last house on the left and gremlins 3 which is supposed to be coming out i think this year as well so (laughs) getting a lot of new horror this year i feel like we got scream 5 coming along we've got um just had that new wrong turn movie come out like all these films are just like coming out like crazy (laughs) wow and this year Mm -hmm. this year has been hmm, special yeah yep um so the film stars shia labeouf as kale and he's known for the thing i mostly know him from is 65 episodes of even stevens because that was like my favorite show to watch when i was a kid that and the lizzie mcguire disney channel was just so good back in the day we don't disney channel doesn't have as good stuff as like they did disney channel does not have as good stuff as they did back in the day would you agree with that oh it's deteriorating uh, see, when was that? That was the 90s? 90s, early 2000s, yeah. 90s, early 2000s. 
Yeah. I don't really keep track of Disney, but <laughs> I would say that sounds accurate. Um, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of went. It kind of went downhill a little bit. Um, but he's also in Holes, which is a good movie. Uh, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, I Robot, Transformers One through Three, and then he's in Nymphomaniac Volume One and Two, and then he's also in a really good movie that I watched uh, a few years ago co- called Fury. Have you heard or seen that one? Fury. Um, nope. Ooh, it's really good. I recommend it. Very, very good. Um. Sarah Romer as Ashley, and she's in Disturbia, The Grudge 2, Fired Up, and Hachi, A Dog's Tale. That's all I know her from. I don't know if she's in anything else, but um, Carrie Ann Moss as Julie. Uh, she's in The Matrix 1 through 4, Memento, Disturbia, Pompeii, Frankenstein, and The Bye Bye Man, which The Bye Bye Man was... Don't watch it. Don't watch oh. It was awful. Yeah. That's oh. one movie I will not be showing you, Steven. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, Bye-bye, man. Yeah. Uh, David Morse as David Turner, and he's in The Good Son, 12 Monkeys, Contact, The Green Mile, uh, this film, obviously, Passengers, World War Z, and Thank You for Your Service. So he's been, I mean, he's been in a lot more than that, but like I said, these are just the ones that I know him from personally. Um, And last but not least, Aaron Yu as Ronnie, and he's in Disturbia, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, Friday the 13th, uh, uh, the remake, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake as well, uh, Demonic and Everything Before Us. So, um, and the film was made on a $20 million budget. The opening weekend was $22 million, which wasn't great. They didn't make much of a return on the opening weekend, but the U.S. gross was $80 million and the worldwide gross was $118 million. So they made, they made quite a money, quite a lot of money back on this, I think. <laughs> um... Is there anything else you want to throw in before I get into the fun facts? Um, I didn't forget anything, did I? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I've seen some of those movies, like Holes. Holes is a good one. Yeah. I always forget that. Um, what is her? Sigourney Weaver's in that movie? I always forget that. She's the one. Uh, she plays alien. She's an alien. Oh, she plays the, Ripley. Oh, the warden. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. 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 Aliens. Which one is? Oh, that- the. Oh, right. The. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've seen that one, right? Or have you not? I have not. But I you seem not. like you're familiar with it, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I... Somehow I knew who was in it <laughs> without seeing it. Okay, there you go. Um, I have some fun facts here, Stephen, that I would like to get into, if that's cool with you. So, at around 15 minutes to prepare for his role, Shia LaBeouf spoke with many formal former house arrest detainees which is where the idea for the twinkie tower came from it's pretty cool (laughs) it's very interesting yeah uh during during filming david morse mr turner did not speak to shia labeouf or any of the other teens labeouf said when we finished filming he was very friendly but he's a method actor and as long as we were shooting he wouldn't say a word to us which might be kind of scary i've heard they they did that in um you know harry no Harry from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did that too. He wouldn't speak to uh, McCall, uh, McCulkin. M- 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 Macaulay Culkin. There Macaulay we go. Culkin. Yeah, he, he wouldn't speak to him so that he would have like a genuine fear, or he would. Mm. Or That's he interesting. Yeah, he wouldn't have that familiarity. So, yeah, interesting. Mm, I didn't know that. Um, 
Disturbia was filmed on location in the cities of Whittier, California, and Pasadena, California. The homes of Kale and Mr. Turner, which were supposed to be right next door to each other, were actually located in two different cities. I found that I found that uh, fact really cool because you would you never notice that they're in two different cities. Like it literally looks seamless, in my opinion. Like you you see from like his view, you can see Turner's house and then you can see Kale's house, but it looks like it's in the exact same place. I don't know, weird. It's Movie magic cool. at its finest. I feel like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, at around 32 minutes, when Kale is spying on Mr. Turner cutting his grass through a gap in the fence, the shot is actually forced perspective. The house behind David Morse was actually a 6 by 5 section of decorated wall, positioned in a way so that it would look full size from the camera's POV. David Morse was actually taller than the set behind him, which, that's cool. I didn't know that fact. That's cool. Yes, um, I like how they, you know, they kept it pretty simple, you know, I feel. Yeah, camera... Uh, People can do so many cool things with, like, tricking, you know, manipulating things with, like, shots and stuff. It's so cool because I would never have noticed that. I would never have known that. Um, But a final fact is while David Morse was filming a scene with Shia LaBeouf, he slammed his hand into a wall, breaking three fingers. LaBeouf said you could see that they were broken. They were all mangled, but he didn't say a word about it. Everybody's asking him what they can do to help. And he just says, I'm okay. I'm okay. Let's do. Let's go again. It was intimidating to say the least, which crazy (laughs) it's crazy like you get you get so into you know when you're acting you get so into it that sometimes you just you know hurt yourself so yeah i'm okay i'm okay let's go (laughs) dedication to the craft i love it (laughs) um but yeah that's all the fun facts i had uh is there anything else that you read up on that you wanted to throw out there that you learned about this film or anything um uh, it was it was based off um, Alfred Hitchcock's Free Window. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He, uh, yeah. And but I I don't know if you've seen this uh, the Burbs. It kind of gave me some Burb Burb vibes. Yeah. Not so much. Let's see. There's strong elements between Rear Window and Disturbia. Um, but the Burbs was similar in the themes it would hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because uh, we actually put the burbs up against Disturbia, and it was like, I don't know, that it was like back and forth. It was neck and neck because at first it like seemed like Disturbia was going to win, and then the burbs started catching up, but then Disturbia would catch up, and then you know it was just the back and forth thing. So um, it was really fun to watch. It was fun to witness because I was like, ooh, I'm not sure which one's going to win. So <laughs> very exciting. Um, but yeah, without further ado, let's get into the actual discussion itself. So. Um, the first scene opens up with Kale and his dad and they're, you know, fishing. And the place that they're fishing looks beautiful, by the way. I wanted to say that because it's like you get these mountains and just this field that they're at. And it's just really beautiful. But I love their, um, even though the scene is like short and this is the only scene that you ever see his father in uh, for the rest of the movie. I really like their chemistry in the scene because you get that one scene where they're talking and he's like, oh, I got this girl pregnant. Now I got to go now I got to go visit her and bloody bloody, but, but mom can't know, you know, and they're just like going back and forth with this, you know, silly banter. And I, I felt like it was really realistic. You know, you get, you get to know a lot about their relationship with each other before the film even starts. So, and even though that's like the only scene that you get with his dad, you get a pretty good sense of their relationship. So yeah, it did really well. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the car scene, I want to talk, <laughs> there were some things I want to talk about the car scene cause they're driving you know, he's talking to his mom on the phone because she's at home cooking dinner and they're talking about how like, oh, we got every fish in the river today. 
Uh, and she's like, are you sure you're not just going to stop off and buy the fish like you did last time? And you get this like one guy that just drives by like an idiot. A Utard is what I like to call them. Oh, no. A Utah. That's what I say. I was like, it's a Utah. That's a Utah driver. That's totally something. Gotta to be. Be. Yeah, exactly. That's something like cutting people off in you know, the middle of freaking traffic. Um, but, uh, yeah, this car swerves in front of them and they're like driving. And then all of a sudden the car, car swerves away. This is a really good, um, scene by the way. Cause like, it's an effective, like, I wouldn't even call it a jump scare, but it's like the way they filmed it, like the car swerving. And then you see the car right in front of them. It's like, Whoa, Holy shit. You know? Yeah. 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 But then like the car flips and, um, they're, you know, kind of grinding against the road and they come to a stop. And this is like the one thing that really bothers me about the scene because they're sitting there for a minute and then you see like this red pickup truck just like start plowing towards them and it hits right into his dad. Like his, him and his dad are still alive at this point, but you get that shot of the car. You can see the car moving towards his dad in the background. And that's always drove me crazy because it's like, Whoever was in that red pickup clearly wasn't paying attention because it's like, obviously they had ample enough time to stop. So like, why are they still going full speed down this road when there's just like, there's literally a crash in front of them. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It just, it, that scene has always irked me just because it's like, really, really, you didn't, you didn't notice the, the car that's flipped over upside down in the middle of the road, but you're just going to slam right on into it. Like you're going 70 miles an hour. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. I and mean, that's kind of a fear I have. It's like, if I was stuck, in the middle of the road like worst thing that can happen someone idiot comes and i'm invisible to them yeah and then they just plow into you plow into me yep finish you off (laughs) but uh you get that like one shot of uh kale coming out of the car and he's like coming out backwards and correct me if i'm wrong but it looked like he was spitting up glass like he's like screaming and it looks like there's like shards of glass coming out of his mouth and i'm like oh i don't know maybe it was just spit i don't know but he's like grinding his he's trying to get out of the car and he's like grinding his back against the glass. It's on the, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, Ooh. and he looks like real fucked up too. Like his legs all screwed up and he like hobbles over to his dad's side. And I really like this scene because I read somewhere that they, um, originally had it so that you would see what the dad looked like. Like you would see the aftermath of it, but they thought that it might look more effective just to see kale reacting to it, which I think definitely is better. Like than seeing like, it leaves much to the imagination. So you get that one shot of, you know, Shia LaBeouf's character looking at his dad and you kind of get that, like, you know, he knows he's dead, obviously. Like he's like, oof. So I, I don't know. I like the emotional response that that scene gets more so than seeing like what it would have actually looked like, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Like you're looking at him. What is he? Oh, that can't be good. Yeah. Whatever he's looking at isn't pretty. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but this next scene is really funny because it uh, cuts to them at school and it says one one year later. So this is one year later after the events of the opening scene. Um, and this is when we get introduced to Aaron Yu, which is Ronnie, and he's Kale's best friend. And he's standing up in front of the class and he's speaking Spanish. And he's like, quizás. Like he keeps saying quizás. And the class is laughing at him. So he, you know, obviously takes this as, oh, I'm going to keep going with it. So, <laughs> so he's like, quizás no quizás and he could just keep going on and on <laughs> and it's so i don't know like th- that's what i love about this film is it, it's um it's thrilling and there's some parts that are really intense but it's also really funny like there's some parts that are like genuinely funny that i feel were sprinkled in this film very very well but anyway yeah you get you get the scene with ronnie and he's you know just being a class clown and and so he sits down and then this is when you see kale he's like passed out in the chair at the desk and the teacher walks up to him and just like throws an eraser at him. This teacher's a 
asshole, by the way. This teacher is a real freaking piece of work. Um, but uh, he makes Kale stand up and Kale's, you know, he's like, tell us about your summer plans. And Kale's like, oh, I didn't read that far in the book. Because he starts talking to him in Spanish and Kale doesn't know anything he's saying because he hasn't even read anything in the book at all. Um, and then the teacher basically walks up to him and he's like, I don't know who you think you are. I don't know who you think you're dealing with. Um, if you can't give me a straight answer, fine. And then he's like, give me one good reason why I shouldn't fail you right now. And then he basically says, what is, what would your father think? And then you get that one split second of just Kale's like face when he, he looks pissed and he just swings at him and punches him right in the face, which I'm just like, the dude had it coming in my opinion. He's kind of an asshole, especially to bring his dad up. Like, yeah, like, why would you need to do that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so, shaming doesn't get you anywhere. Nope, it doesn't. But, you know, some people just don't know how to have a, I guess, a decent conversation with people. But uh, anyway, yeah, so after this scene, they're in the courtroom, and the judge is basically telling him um, with these priors, you know, with all the, with this uh, assault that he pled guilty to, plus of all these priors, he could get up to three years in juvie. And then he's like, but losing a parent isn't easy, so I'm sending you to three months house arrest instead. And uh, so then it cuts to the scene with um, <laughs> him and his, uh, I don't know, the lady, I guess, that supervises it. The, the whole the whole house arrest thing. She's probation like, officer. Probation officer. There we go. That's the good way. Um, she's like talking to him and uh, she's like basically telling him that it's like tamper proof and waterproof. So don't try, you know, putting your foot in a bucket of water and hopping around because it won't work. You'll just look stupid. And then I love how she's like, are you uh, prepared to set up for the incarceration fee, Mrs. Breck? And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's like $12 a day. And I'm just like, Jesus. Wow, that's pretty expensive. That is a lot of money for three months, for someone being on house arrest for three months. Wow. 12 a day. That's insane to me. Wow. (laughs) Luckily, his mom's a realtor, I think, because she, in a later scene, she talks about like how she's got three open houses or something so she needs to go do that so i'm assuming she's a realtor and which is why they live in such a nice freaking house because there's his dad was a writer um so yeah they probably made pretty good money i'm sure uh but uh yeah and then she's like find some productive things to do because she's like there's people that have gone a bit loopy after a day or two and she's like just try to find some constructive things to do and then it cuts to him like directly playing on the xbox like he's playing uh oh man it looks like call of duty or something Call of duty yeah i feel bad for the mom because she's single she's the only one wrecking making money and then mm-hmm. she's she's gotta pay for the incarceration and stuff and that that just blows my mind that uh what she must be going through yeah and he's not to mention her son's kind of a douche like he's just kind of rude to her like yeah. anytime they have an interaction in this film except for a couple times he's kind of just kind of a asshole teenager but i guess you know all of us were that way at that age but (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but um yeah so then he he's playing his video games he's talking to people online and then all of a sudden it shuts off and like he's he basically gets kicked out of his xbox account because his mom stopped paying for it and then (laughs) i this is like this movie i forgot to bring it up at the beginning but this movie is so nostalgic for me because this, this came out in 2007 so this was you know um, I was a freshman in high school when this film came out, so I remember it, like, going and seeing this film in the theater, and um, we had we actually had a neighbor next door that kind of looked like the guy in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, so me and my friend that we went and saw it with, just for fun, we had binoculars, and we were just, like, pretending to, like, be stupid. Like, we were like, oh my god, what if our neighbor's a murderer? Like, it was so <laughs> dumb, but um, yeah. I just remember us, like, 
you know, after we watched this movie, we went home and got my dad's binoculars and we started like looking around the neighborhood with the binoculars. Like, Ooh, what if we saw something like how scary? I don't know. Oh. Stupid, but yeah, you know, little kid stuff like <laughs> freshman in high school stuff, you know how that is. Oh yeah. And it's interesting because while he's doing these video games, uh, then later he, um, you know, he looks at these girls on this TV screen. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to find this, some sort of stimulus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as teenagers do, if, you know, yep. Yep. you have to look for, you know, they're, they're chasing <laughs> after the dopamine. Thing. There you go. Yep. He's got to find something to entertain himself with. So why not, you know, half naked girls? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love how um, he's wa- the the reason why I brought up this nostalgic part is that he's watching Cheaters, and I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I have not seen that show. But there, there, it was like a reality TV show. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it's even real. It's probably most of it's probably scripted. But it was about a person that would go to this guy that was the host of the show, and she would be like, him or her would be like, oh, I think my husband's cheating on me. Can we spy on them? And then the interaction of at, towards the end of the episode would be them catching the person in the act. And then it was just, yeah, I don't know. It was like mm. one of those ridiculous reality TV shows that came out uh, around in that time of, you know, that time. Uh, and that's another reason why it's so nostalgic to me is because I feel like 2007 was very, that was the height of the reality TV. <laughs> that oh, was like was? when the reality TV really kind of started getting big. You know, you had Jersey Shore, you had, you know, all these um, shows that came out. But yeah, very, just this movie is just very nostalgic. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now and get to the next scene. But <laughs> um <laughs> Then uh, he's like, ew, and this part's so gross because he's eating peanut butter, but then he's like dipping like the entire, he's like got a huge glob of peanut butter on his spoon and he's dipping it inside like chocolate syrup and he's just eating it. I'm like, what? Yeah, that is so gross. gross. Yeah. Well, and then you can tell that it's like affecting him because he ends up getting a stomach ache. So then he goes to the bathroom and he comes out of the bathroom and this is like the first scene that you get like of his dad's office. So he like walks in and you get that, that sad music, which is another thing I love about this music. I don't know if you love the score to this movie or not but I love it. I think it's beautiful. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. Um, but yeah, so then he like leaves his dad's room and then this is when it gets to the next scene where he's in his room. What you were talking about, like watching the naked women on half naked women on TV because he's listening to iTunes and then all of a sudden his iTunes account gets shut down too, because his mom shut that off too. And, uh, he like turns on the TV and it's like this bikini beach destinations thing. And he's like, no. And, uh, something about water sports and then he's like and then the good stuff chicos caliente yeah yeah. and then his mom comes in so he switches it to the news and like i like how this scene is very subtle because you get the news report of the missing woman on the you know on the tv but that's not the focus of the scene but they put it there intentionally to kind of like you know when you go back to watch it more than once you notice it so i kind of like how they like didn't make it like a glaringly obvious thing it was just kind of something that he put on in the background and his mom's like more trash tv (laughs) and he's like no it's just news and then he's like you canceled my xbox and she's like itunes too you know what else i'm canceling maid service because she's like his room is disgusting like i know my we're sitting in my room right now recording this because um i wasn't able to use the studio today but um my room's kind of messy right now um but his room is just a whole other level he's got clothes everywhere he's got like half empty freaking bottles and can't it's just gross um and his mom comes in she's like i want you to clean up this room and i want you to clean up the kitchen because this is when she brings up the fact that she's a realtor because she's like i've got three open houses today and he's like oh yeah let me just check my schedule because he's being just the shitty teenager that he is 
And his mom comes over and just unplugs the TV. And he's like, don't you think you're being a little dramatic? You don't think I'm just going to plug it back in? And she's like, dramatic. <laughs> so she like walks. Yeah. So she walks over to the, the uh, desk that he has and she takes out a thing of scissors, which is something my mom would 100% do. Oh, really? Oh, my mom would 100% do that. Like if I was going to be like cocky and arrogant with her, she would totally cut the cord of my TV so I couldn't watch it anymore. But she walks back over and she like cuts the, the cuts the uh, power cord to the TV. And she's like, that's dramatic. Clean up your room. And then she leaves. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I remember uh, one time, speaking to my mom, one time my brother and I, when we were really young, we like would refuse to clean our room sometimes. And my mom was like, if you don't clean your room, I'm selling all of your stuff at a garage sale. And of course we didn't believe her because we're like, oh, she's not going to do that. Oh, she did it. She sold everything. Like she sold mostly everything that me and my brother had to teach us a lesson. She was like, we had an ex- uh, we had a the first PlayStation. We had a Sega. We had a Nintendo 64. We had all these things. My mom sold all of them at a garage sale. Oh, wow. On top of that, she also sold a whole bunch of like our toys and stuff too. And she's like, this will teach you a lesson. If you're going to not clean your room, this is one that's going to happen. So that's why I'm saying my mom would 100% be the one that cuts that freaking cord to my TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm making my mom sound like a horrible parent. She's not. But I mean, it definitely taught me to be, to not disobey her. So yeah, when yeah. she asks me to do something, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, I I kind of so I've been in college, you know, for a bit, and you know you have all these things you have to do, and you have to do homework, and you have to go to class, and then and then you you leave behind uh, all these dishes in the sink, mm-hmm. but you leave behind all that stuff, and it's like who's gonna do that? I don't have a mom to do that. What's go- <laughs> I have to be my own mom? Oh, okay. Oh, not used to this culture shock. I'm not used to that. <laughs> so I'm still that way. I still have piles of dishes at home. Uh, but love it (laughs) (laughs) so you know the uh single uh college life there it is yep yep um but yeah in this next scene he's talking to ronnie on the phone and he's basically talking about how his mom has become like a freaking tyrant and uh ronnie's like at the pool with a bunch of hawaiian women because you can hear him in the background they're like "Ooh, or whatever they say and he's like i think it's some like hawaiian mating call and then yeah and then he's like okay i'm gonna go and you know then you get that song uh loneliest day i can't think of who it's by right now but that's another thing about this movie it has such a nostalgic early 2000s soundtrack in it like all the music that's in it like i've heard all these songs before like in the in the early 2000s so it just a rush of nostalgia comes back to me whenever i watch this movie and hear those songs i'm like oh my gosh i remember when that song came out um but it like goes through like a montage of like what he's doing while he's at home mm-hmm. and oh my this fucking kid he when he's like loading the dishwasher he's just throwing the dishes in there and then he just like takes the freaking dishwasher to detergent and just sprinkles it over the dishes and just kicks it closed oh man and then he, like, has, like, a Red Bull, and he, like, basically just, like, throws the Red Bull in the sink. And I'm like, this fucking kid would get his heads knocked off. Like, if that was my house and he was going around treating my house like that, boom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Dang. um, and then after that whole thing, it uh, cuts to him just, like, sleeping in his chair. And you kind of hear, like, what sounds like a truck kind of stop. And uh, he goes to the door, and then this is when you get you kind of you don't get introduced to the character of Ashley yet, which is like the next door neighbor, the love interest. But you get like your first glimpse of her because he's like standing there watching, and you see her like walk out, and she's grabbing some stuff to bring in the house. And uh, I love this scene because as he's watching her, the doorbell's ringing, and then he ends up like hitting his face on the freaking door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he's 
he's so he's so concentrated on this girl that's like grabbed his attention he's like you know now he's trying to get he's getting taken interest in the real world now yeah see before he was just you know it's a screen screen time and he's talking to ronnie he's asking um hey what's going on in the real world Cause yeah I'm, i he can't go out so he wants to know what's going on and then he sees this girl and he's now he's taking interest in the real world now so i think that's a good step for him you yeah know? yeah well and it, it's it's like it's very interesting that you bring that up because i feel like this is kind of a movie that um kind of t- does a play on the whole like technology thing and you know um what happens when we don't have that technology we have to resort to other means to entertain us and so i feel like without itunes and without you know having the ps4 thing he would never have you know even thought to (laughs) start spying on his neighbors which is kind of weird if you think about it yeah (laughs) i mean there's other hobbies i think you can take up on instead of just you know taking a pair of binoculars and spying on all your neighbors that's a little weird but (laughs) other ways to to entertain yourself exactly um but so he goes and answers this door and uh there's a freaking flaming bag of dog crap on the on the porch so he starts like trying to you know step on it to get it out and the kids are like what a retard they're like riding on their bikes and then he goes chasing after him and uh i like the i really like the way that this film is this scene is shot like i love the way this whole film is shot and lit but this scene in particular you get that cool shot of him like chasing him down the street and the one kid's like, dude, you said he can't leave his house. And he's like, he can't. And then you get that shot of them, like, going by the camera on both sides. And then Shia LaBeouf kind of stops in the middle of the frame, which is, I don't know, that's just a cool shot to me. I've always thought it was cool. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, it, Steven's, like, looking at me like, cool, yeah, shot. See, I don't notice things like that. <laughs> I'm like, I forget there's a camera behind there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. like, in the moment, so you, well, yeah, I don't have much of a film background, so. But yeah, it's cool you caught that. Yeah, like, uh, well, and it's funny because I've watched, um, you know, I've been watching films like all my life, and like some of the friends that have watched so many films with me, they were kind of like you. They were like, I never even realized like what a shot was, like not what a shot was, but like how it's framed or how it's this and how it's that. And it's like now that I've seen so many movies with you, they're like, I can't get that out of my head. Now I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, that was a cool shot. Ooh, that was a cool shot. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just very interested in, you know, the filmmaking aspect of it as well. Like I love the way that shots are filmed. I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah. But um, then this is like, he's like running back to the house trying to get it. Cause uh, she basically says um, at the beginning when she's, you know, setting up the bracelet to his, on his ankle, she basically says he has like 10 seconds to get back to um, within the perimeter of like, or, or, or the cops are going to show up. Mm-hmm. The cops are going to, the execution squad is going to show up and he says like, and they don't bring blindfolds. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's trying to get back to the, which I'm just like, just run. Why are you trying to hop around? He's doing exactly what she told him not to do is just to hop around. The... Hop around. <laughs> yeah. Why is he hop? I don't yeah. know. But he's like hopping around in a circle. He's like, turn green, turn green. It's like, just run into the house. You're yeah. wasting time trying to get it. To, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love this scene because, oh, well, and I also meant, forgot to mention um, in that house arrest scene when she's explaining it to him, you get that scene with him and the cop. You get him in that interaction with uh, the co- Gutierrez, and he's like, uh, the cop's like, your Spanish teacher? He's my cousin. Which <laughs> 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 is awkward. Um, awkward. But then uh, the cops the cops show up, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, it's the Spanish pe- teacher's cousin that gets out of the car. And uh, they're, like, handcuffing him, and he's, like, on the ground, and you see that shot of, like, Ashley. Like, you actually see what she looks like for the first time, so she steps out from, like, inside the doorway. And uh, she's gorgeous in this film. Oh, yeah. Anyway, she's so freaking pretty. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, and then uh, he's on the phone with the with the house, like with his uh, parole officer, and she's just like, "Cause first times happen," and he's like, "But the cop that came." he's my teacher's cousin. Isn't that like a conflict of interest? Are there any other cops that can, you know? And she's like, well, he didn't haul you away. Right. And yeah, she's like, if it happens again, you're going to have to talk to the judge, you know? Yeah. And bring it. Talk to the about that to the judge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And then, uh, after that scene, I believe is the scene with, uh, where, um, he goes into his dad's office again. Cause he sees, uh, Ashley come home. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm missing something. He he goes to... Uh, the, so in the next scene, he uh, is setting up, like, the perimeters around his house. Like, with the... He's oh, got, yeah. like, the lawn gnome and the frickin' garden shears and the... With the twine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, like, making sure that he doesn't, like, step outside of that perimeter. And then, like, this is another scene that you were... That you kind of touched on earlier, you know, with him, like, really kind of focusing more on, like, what's going on in the world around him. So you get, like, all of these, like different things that are happening in this like suburban area at the same time. So you got like the two kids, uh, you got the dad and the kid playing baseball across the street. You've got the one kid driving down the freaking middle of the street in th- on the unicycle or not on the unicycle, the tricycle. And he's like freaking in his underwear, basically. But I think he's wearing cowboy boots too. Is he not? What? Oh, really? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but huh. yeah. And then, oh, yeah. He, yeah. And then the mom's like chasing off down the street, coming after him. She's like, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> so great like there, there's just so many like good scenes in this film that i just feel like are i don't know i don't know i, I don't i don't have a problem with the way this film is like paced i oh, think yeah, i think it's pace. all really good like there's nothing in this film that i feel like needs to be taken out if that makes sense trimming oh, yeah. the fat is what josh would call it on horror movie crew but i don't feel like there's anything that you need to trim the fat with on this movie oh yeah it was very well uh it escalated really nicely mm-hmm. uh if you look at it, it it progresses. One moment is always more intense than the last. Yep. And so it, it very seamless. It's very like good build up. And then you get those comedic moments that kind of break the tension a little bit, but then you're right back in it. Yeah. So so good, so good. Yeah. And isn't this is this the part where so after he's like doing his thing, then Ronnie comes over. Yeah, and, but yeah. but before, oh, that, before that before that there's that scene where he uh sees Ashley come home. So he goes into his dad's office and like this is the first time that he like spy spies on her. Oh yeah. Because she's up in her room and she's like taking her bra off and he's like watching her and I'm just like, it's so creepy. So creepy. <sighs> I don't know. I mean play devil's advocate here, I guess if I saw my hot neighbor and he was taking off his shirt in his room, I'd probably watch too, but Right. <laughs> well, and I like how you get that moment of hesitation with Kale too. Like when he's watching her, he's like, "Should I be doing this?" Because he kind of like looks down, but then he does it again. Yeah, he does it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a teenager, you know. Especially if you're just if it's just you alone, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to, you know, your your brain's not fully developed as a teenager, so you just sort of do do, do things on impulse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Impulse. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and this this is the scene with Ronnie when he comes over and he's like, <laughs> he basically rings the doorbell and Kale answers it with a baseball bat. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hola, senior. And he's like, um, obviously, like this is the first time that uh, Kale has seen Ronnie in forever because he's so excited to see him. And then he's like, have you showered? Because his like, shirt is just stained. It looks like he like spilled Kool-Aid on it or something. Mm, disgusting. Yeah. Um, and so he's like taking him around. He's like, I got to give you the tour. Of the basically the tour of the neighborhood, so he's like showing him how uh, <laughs> the neighbor next door is basically having an affair with their maid. 
Oh, it's her maid. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the maid. Oh yeah, the guy. Oh, in the back, in the front of the house, Mister Pilch. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this. Look at this. He's coming up. Oh, look at. Oh. Oh, he's going mm-hmm. up to the. What? What do you think? He's like. What do you think that's about? He's coming home from work. Cause like as soon as she leaves, he's like, and then she goes to the country pl- club and plays uh tennis with Betty Big Bangs over there. <laughs> oh dang. Um. And then, yeah, you see Mr. Pilch come home and you, uh, he's like telling Ronnie to look up in the second story window and you just see him and the maid just like going at it. And he's like, oh, damn. Ooh, wow. <laughs> and then he goes into his room and, uh, well, and I like how this kind of subtly, he talks about, uh, Mr. Turner in the scene as well. He's like, yeah, Mr. Turner mows his lawn like three times a day, but other than that, I don't really know anything about him. And then it kind of like goes off from that. But then, um, you go into Kale's room and he's like, you see that big tower of Twinkies that he's made? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that, oh, is this part of the the stalker handbook or something like yep. that? And uh, it doesn't... Shia or Kale, he's like, uh, oh, man, there's a whole world outside. You know, outside right outside my window. My window yep. right outside my window. And it's like, you're a, you know, he calls him a stalker. And it's like, no, this is a natural effects of boredom. There we go. Yeah. Really? Is it really? <laughs> I would call it stalking. Yeah. I call it. I'm. I mean. I think it's. I think it's a little weird, but you know. Um. And then you get those kids that like ding dong ditched him with the dog crap, and they're watching basically. Uh, those. Uh. Those old. I don't even think it's like a paid one. It's just like one of those uh, ads that would come on on the TV where it was like, oh, pay this much to watch the. It's like just one of the, like the preview ones. I feel just like the previews. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they're like the kids are like sitting there watching it, and there's like this girl like naked on the screen and <laughs> and uh he's like what's the plan for the counterattack?" and he's like i haven't figured it out yet and he's like the runt is mine like ronnie oh yeah uh, the little guy yeah um and then they go into his dad's office and then this is when ronnie uh sees the next door neighbor for the first time because you hear the you hear, first hear like they open up the door you hear the splash of the water as if she dove into the water and then kale like has that smile on his face he's like "Ooh, mm. know what's coming Ooh. and uh they're basically like watching her from the window and she's swimming and uh ronnie's like what's holding you back and kale's like he looks down at his ankle bracelet obviously because he can't go anywhere mm-hmm. and um so in this next scene is the scene where he meets ashley for the first time and this is actually i have to say this is actually kind of a clever way to talk to somebody to 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 uh get to know somebody like have a conversation with them so he's he's like sitting on the porch he's swinging in his little swing you know and he sees her pull up so he like goes to the the hedge and he's trying to like get his mail out he's mm-hmm. pretending like he can't he's... reach it uh-huh. yeah and of course he's oh, like come help me yeah yeah oh damsel in distress oh um <laughs> but uh yeah so he like ends up falling and so she comes and helps him and she's like can i help you and he's like oh no the hedge just just grown a little bit since last time and she's uh she's like i think any pride that you had left was gone a while ago and he's like oh you mean when the cops came he's like oh no that wasn't me that was wrong guy wrong house wrong everything sly (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and uh she goes to like walk off and he's like so how's your move going and she's like it's going and uh she's like uh talking about how her parent like because then her mom comes out and she's like ashley can you come in here please Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, you should be talking to him. Yeah. This this, de- uh, this delinquent. Delinquent. Yeah. Um, but I love how he brings up, like, the Martha Stewart thing. She's like, yeah, you kind of got that Martha Stewart thing going on. He's like, yeah, except I don't get the 24 uh, allowance for office visits. I'm not very good at making pastries either. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Who, who's that girl that he was Martha Stewart. With? Martha Stewart. So she was, like, a... She's, like, a really famous woman back in the 90s and, like, the early 2000s. And she just, like, made a bunch of cooking videos. Like, she made cookbooks and stuff. And she went to prison 
Ah, oh, see, that's the thing. It's been so long that I don't remember what she went to prison for. I don't know if it was tax evasion or if it was uh, something else. Something happened, but she went to prison for a while. Um, but yeah, kind of a big thing back in like the early 2000s when she went to prison. I remember, oh, wow. I remember her going to prison, but I don't remember what she went to prison for. Oh, okay, so that's what he meant by that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, he's... <laughs> Okay, that makes sense. Pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, what happened? Oh, I like when they're talking about, um, what the heck was I going to say? Hold on. I lost my train of thought there for a minute. Let me get it back. Um, trying to think of what else, what else, what else he says to her before she walks off. Oh, well, she's like, I'm Ashley, by the way. And he's like, got that too. Oh, yeah, because the mom mentioned it. And like, yeah. I got that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to him and he's he's watching TV and his mom's sleeping on the couch next to him. And uh his this is like the This is like the one thing I just find so creepy. It's like he's gotten a freaking alarm on his phone to tell him when Ashley's going to be like in her room getting ready for bed. It's so creepy because he hears the alarm and then he goes to like he goes to a spot in his dad's office and he's watching her. And this is the thing that cracks me up because as he's watching her you see that you see her look up at him and it looks like she can see him from where she's sitting. And he's like, you can't see me in here. It's too dark. But yeah, he's got a lamp on here. He's got a lamp on in the background. Like he's not, it's not dark in there. I don't know what he's smoking, but you could clearly see him in that room. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I love how he's like, it's too dark in here. You can't see me. It's like, mm, maybe turn off all the lights that you have on in that office. And then maybe she can't see you, but I'm yeah. pretty sure she can see you. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but uh, you kind of get like a subtle, idea of who Ashley is just from like these brief interactions that no, well not brief interactions brief like incidences where he's watching her you kind of like gather that her and her father don't have a very good relationship because she's in her room and her dad walks in and he's like yelling at her for something and then she goes back and lays on the bed and he's watching and then she looks up at a, looks up at him again one more time like she look glances over up at him yeah and then it uh it cuts to him like falling asleep like he's like passed out on the chair and then Ashley's like long asleep by then. So he goes in his room and he's sitting on the bed and he hears the, mu that's when you hear the Mustang pull up uh, next door, Robert oh, yeah. Turner's. And uh, he like sees it from outside and he's like Mustang because um, I forgot to also mention, see, I'm leaving parts out that are important that I need to go back and do. <laughs> so in the scene where he's in the living room with his mom, there's like a news report that's going on in the background about a missing woman. And it talks about how, she was picked up by an unidentified person um, a couple nights ago and hasn't returned since. And like the person, the suspect was driving a blue sixties era Mustang with a dent that might've been in the front fender. And so when he sees the car pull up, he kind of gets that idea in his head. He's like Mustang. So then he pull, he like looks through the window and sure enough, you get like the Mustang and has a dent in the side of it. And then the music gets kind of intense. It builds. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then you get that scene uh, with him and his mom where his mom comes up behind him and scares him, which what I read, this scene was completely ad-libbed. Like, the oh, scene really? was completely, like, there wasn't scripted. Like, they just basically went off of each other, which is kind of cool. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like, Whoa, I didn't <laughs> see you. I can hear you walking. Yeah. Well, then I love how she's like, what are you doing? He's like, just staring out the window, staring at the wind, you know, trying to be creative. It's like, if I was his mom, I'd be like, why are you looking out the window with binoculars? It's kind of weird, but whatever. We ain't... I know you're not doing any bird watching at this time of night. There are no birds out. <laughs> yeah. Like what could you possibly be looking at? With right. binoculars? <laughs> oh man. But, uh, 
this next scene is he wakes up the next day and he he's looking at the newspaper and it has like the face of the missing woman on it and then he hears uh, Robert Turner mowing his grass again for like the fourth time he mows his grass so much in this movie it's like Jesus I mean I guess it keeps him from like having to grow mow grass that's like this long but still I don't know worth the time Mm -hmm. maybe maybe not (laughs) but i like the scene because he's like looking at him through the fence you know he's mowing his lawn and then he stops and i remember the first time i saw this in the theater i was like oh shit because it's like he's like what are you doing and he's like what are you doing and he like crouches down as if he can see kale like staring at him but it's just a rabbit like he's like he pulls a rabbit out of a trap and he's like you looking at my beautiful garden he's just being so weird so weird so creepy (laughs) and uh then it yeah then the next scene is him and ronnie and ronnie's kind of like researching it and talking about how uh you know he used to live in texas but uh no mail was dropped off at the house and there was no you know he used a p.o box under a fake name so they never knew who actually lived there and uh kale's just staring like looking through his binoculars again he's like oh she's going swimming time to go swimming so him and ronnie go to the window and they're like watching her and she's got like a brand new like swimsuit on like it's like a bikini and he's like oh that's new (laughs) and ronnie's like i we like new and ronnie's like can i he's like can i can i see those and he you know leans up towards the glass and he like accidentally hits the glass with the binoculars and And he drops it and they they duck they duck Mm -hmm. yeah they got yeah and then they they sneak over sneakily try and look back see if she noticed and And she like looks right at them too yeah, she looks at them and then, oh, done, time to stop swimming now. Time to go back in. It's like, oh, oops, you idiot. Yeah. And then you get the you get the scene where the doorbell rings and they go to they go to the door and she's she's there at the door and she's like, what took you so long? And he's like, oh, we were upstairs playing. And he's like, video games. And she's like, oh. And um, I really like her character a lot because. I, I, I do feel like they try too hard, though, in this film to make her seem like, I'm not like other girls. Like, have you heard that phrase before? Like, a lot of, some people use it. They're like, I'm not like other girls. I read. I don't watch, I don't watch movies. I do this. I, I don't do that. So it's like, I feel like they tried way too hard to make her come across as of that kind of person. Like, yeah, like she, sitting on your roof with a book. Who does that? My sister used to do that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> my all sister right. used to do that all the time actually okay, not, not saying you're thinking about your sister <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. no actually sitting on the roof is quite therapeutic you should try it sometime it's not, hey. it's not actually a bad th- i used to do it with my sister all the time that was like one of our hangout places uh my old house in saint george we we used to climb out on the roof and we just sit up there and talk and i don't know it's kind of nice actually it's cool but no, i should try it okay. <laughs> but yeah yeah you should go up to the top of your apartment building and just sit up on there you know yeah. <laughs> Someone might call you for a suicide threat, but <laughs> Oh, hey, come down from Hey, there. there's a there's a guy that's uh sitting on the roof. I don't know if he's planning on jumping or not, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I like I said, I just I feel like they try way too hard to make her like I do like her character, but like there's the scene where she's like video games, huh? I like to play. And so she's like it's basically like they're trying to make her into like this uh what males think the female fantasy is like oh she likes to play video games oh she does this she does that so it's like i like it but i don't like it because i think that they try way too hard i don't know i don't know if that's just me but i picked up on that yeah um that's interesting and then she was all she's like trying really hard and she's not a she's a nonconformist. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because, you know, later on, uh, Kale was like going after, was like, what, you're hosting a party? You can't do that. Yeah. Because then then other males can come in and now he has competition. So maybe that wasn't against, that was just like contrary to an ideal woman who's like supposed to, you know, be more private Mm -hmm. and not be, you know, surrounded by a bunch of people. Yeah. So that they don't have to compete with them. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not, like I said, it doesn't take away from the film. It's just like, I noticed it on uh, most, like, well, most of all, like I noticed it on the last couple watches, actually. I was like, yeah, they're trying really hard to make her seem like the ideal, like woman, like the, Oh, I, you know, like I said, I play video games. I do that. It's like, cool. I guess, but <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it was a little too much in your face to the point where I was kind of like, okay, like we get it. She's not like other girls. She sits on a roof and reads, you know. I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> just a my just a minor little uh, you know tidbit that I or a minor little peeve that I had with that. Yeah, well, kind of annoying. Yeah, a little bit, okay. yeah. Um, but then they go up in his room and she he's like sorry my room's a little messy and she's like a little because it looks disgusting like his room is so dirty um and uh you i love how she's like walking around the the loft area his room is so cool by the way like his room is so cool in that house um but uh she's like looking around and they're throwing the they're trying to pick up as many clothes as they can and throwing it in the closet oh yeah she's like looking at something else mm-hmm. when yeah. she's like walk tr- got her back turned they're like scurrying to pick up the socks <laughs> yep socks and dirty underwear yep and then she goes up to the desk and she picks up the binoculars and she's like are you spying on the neighbors kale <laughs> oh and then he brings up the he he gives up an excuse his mm-hmm. suspicion oh there's a texas killer and i'm you know doing some slow thing yeah i'm not suspicious you know when well, i love how ronnie was able to come up with that like right on the spot he's like actually he is <laughs> yeah he's like you see um your name uh kale's neighbor who might also be your neighbor might be a cold-blooded killer from texas and she's like oh really and he he talks about the dent and the fender but when she goes to look the dent's not there like he fixed it and she's like well maybe it was the ew and this is another creepy kale moment because she's standing there looking at it and he's like sniffing her like he's your hair yeah he's like behind her and he's like and i'm like ooh, stop like you're being so creepy like it's like ooh, i don't like it anyway um but uh then it it goes to them like researching it and she's like talking about how he jammed and twisted all the bodies into the basement walls and stuff and how they were preserved uh delaying their decomposition and then i love how she's like i'm hungry let's order pizza <laughs> that was that is an odd thing to say right after reading about these corpses and oh i'm hungry yeah yeah see that's like another thing that's like a i feel like they were oh i'm not like other girls that doesn't gross me out i don't know that is just another thing that i was kind of like okay yeah see i'm not gonna run away i'm not yeah i'm I'm gonna stay and i'm not gonna be like ew gross yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't know but um yeah so then uh they're like having the little stakeout thing and um what is she oh she's like painting his uh she's painting his um angle bracelet with like nail polish mm-hmm. and they're talking about how um you know you get more of a backstory of ashley of why she's here because her dad you kind of get the gist that her dad was kind of having an affair on her mom or thinking about having an affair on her mom so her mom wanted to move them somewhere else where it wasn't like as tempting for him 
but she's basically like it didn't make a difference like we're still in the same boat that we were when we lived in the city because my she's like my mom still cries just as much as she always did and my dad doesn't care more than ever and then i love how she changes the ringtone to his phone too oh yeah because she's like sitting there he's like what are you doing and then it's like that me so horny song <laughs> that comes oh, yeah. on <laughs> yeah um and it's set to like go off anytime ronnie calls him oh funny <laughs> but yeah i love i love that little interaction between them because you get to know more about her um and uh yeah and then that's when mr turner comes home you see her come home with like the girl from the club and i love how ashley just knows every but she's like that bra- the yellow bracelet is from the komodo club and blah 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 like all these bracelets and he's like damn you really do <laughs> go to all these places he's like you uh you've got a really good idea and she's like i don't need one because <laughs> oh, you wow. know she'd be going to the club and she you know she'd be fl- uh flashing off her good looks to get in the club for free so oh wow oh so that's what the bracelets are for to get in the club yeah yeah oh, okay yeah they're like from all these different bracelets in the city so she i love how she just knows every single one. <laughs> oh wow um but then like i i really love how this scene kind of builds tension but it's also comedic so they're watching they're watching her dance in front of him and so they're trying to like pick music that matches with her dancing <laughs> oh yeah see i like because also the int- intimacy between them two also go up um they start uh you know getting more touchy i mm-hmm. think at the very end of it so it kind of builds up their intimacy as well as the like the, they're having fun with the the spying thing you know having fun uh but then yeah like you said the tension builds up because uh they have they the par- paranoia sorts of infect them you know it builds yeah. up so the paranoia of the the killer and, and like oh is he is he the guy is he not like is he or isn't he well and then you get that scene where he you know they see him like holding the knife and he goes up to the woman and they think that you know he's gonna kill her right then and there because can you imagine like watching that be like oh god am i about to see someone actually get killed because that would be scary that would be scary i can't imagine like actually seeing somebody get murdered but then uh then you get like the the scene after ashley leaves he's walking him out and uh or he's walking ashley out and like he he can't get over obviously he can't go over the line but um they're walking alongside the line together and uh he's like so same time tomorrow and she she go it looks like she's gonna go in to kiss him uh-huh. and then she like pulls the rope back over her and she's like i'll get back to you <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's like playing so hard to get <clears throat> yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah then kale goes back up to his room and he's uh basically spying on those kids again and i love how i love how you see the mom walk in he's like oh no mom we're just watching cartoons and she's like oh i understand you're growing boys <laughs> he adds in the commentary to what yeah he's <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no mom we weren't doing anything we we're just watching cartoons yeah <laughs> <clears throat> yeah and then after then he uh then he 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 there's like he hears something or sees something. Like you hear a scream, like a you scream. hear the girl screaming. Yeah. Yeah, and then he sees the girl running, mm-hmm. and then the music intenses, and then he he's like, "Wow, okay, now there's something to worry about." Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- and this is like the, I feel like the scene that really starts off the whole you know roller coaster thing. It's like it's this is this is probably the the first intense scene that you get in the movie, aside from you know those little other little minor scares. But this is like the biggest one that you get 
so far in this film. Yeah. And you see her being chased around. Then you see him like, you see her get grabbed and dragged back. And he's like looking at it through a camera and he accidentally takes a picture. Like the flash goes off. And then, yeah. And then he's, he's having another like, oh, did I get myself away moment? Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's scrambling and then he looks over and then he sees Turner. Yep. Staring right at him. And then, whoa. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> and then this is when Ronnie calls, and he's like, Ronnie, he just saw me. Uh, he was chasing the girl around. The lights went out. I don't know. And then you see, and this is the biggest pet peeve I have with this scene, is there's no way that Mr. Turner was able to, you know, incapacitate this woman, put on her dress, find time to get a wig to put on, put on the high heels and walk to the car, because I'm pretty sure that's him that walks into the car to make it look like the club girl just left because later on when he finds his little like secret lair type lair, you find a secret, like, you know, room in that house. He finds like a wig. It's like a red wig. And he's like, he basically says the club girl like never left. So obviously that has to be Mr. Turner. That's pretending to be her. But I'm like, there was no, there's no way between him picking up the phone and starting to talk to Ronnie that he would have time to do all that. I don't know. Oh, <clears throat> interesting. Yeah, it's just kind of pet peeve of mine. I, I guess it's just something that I can like kind of overlook, but it does it does kind of like spoil the scene towards the end for me because I'm just like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way he'd be able to get dressed that quickly and like pull that off. Yeah, drive off, pretending to be her. Yeah, yeah. And what is he gonna do? Is he gonna you know drive the car somewhere clear across town and then he's gonna take a train back dressed like a woman? <laughs> Yeah. He's just gonna sit. It's gonna sit on a subway train, dressed as a woman, and people are gonna be like, "Huh?" Not that yeah. that's a bad thing if a man dresses as a woman, but it's like he's going through. A, he's going through a lot of steps to make sure that you know he doesn't get caught. It's like it's weird. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but, to keep the suspicion down from mm-hmm. your neighbor, which is good, but it's like at the same time, it kind of, like I said, there's there's just no time he would have been able to do that. There's not enough time for him to be able to do that. Um. But yeah, that's like, that's one of the biggest pet peeves about that scene for me. But <laughs> sorry. Is there anything else you wanted to mention with that scene before we moved on? Oh, yeah. It's like, how long was he on with uh, Not very long. With Ronnie? Like, just... Yeah, because like from the time that he sees him in the window to the time that his phone goes off, I think he has maybe like 10 or 15 seconds that he talks to Ronnie before he hears like the club girl leave. The club girl leave. Um, so that's like not that much time. Oh, <laughs> and that's when he's like, he's talking... And, you know, he's got the club girl, right? Yeah. And then they're talking, and then he, he sees the car drive off, and then he's like, oh, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh. So I like that, how it, like, it builds up the tension, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's fine. It's fine. We were just exactly. paranoid. It's There's nothing here. <laughs> <So>. <clears throat> yeah, there's no, there's nothing nothing to be alarmed about. So, yeah, like, uh, in this next scene, you get Kale waking up, and he goes down to the kitchen... And he goes to, like, open the fridge. And then you get that, like, cliched, like, ooh, standing behind the refrigerator door scare. <laughs> Which is fine. It's not a huge deal. But um, Mr. Turner's, like, standing there. And if it were me, I would have shit my pants. Like, if I was Kale, I'd be like, oh, why are you in my house? Because he's, like, basically, like, why the hell are you in my house? And his mom comes in, and she's talking about how um, her she had a flat tire when she came out of the store, which I'm pretty sure Mr. Turner did it. Oh really? I think so, he did. Yeah. So that he can get his way in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have he made a problem. Yep. He went to go fix it. That was his way in. Yep. Okay, I see. I didn't catch that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because because like, she's like, 
uh, thank God he was there because I got to tow it to Frank's. And he's like, oh, yeah, thank God you were there to tow it to Frank's, huh? And she's like, he's like, oh, that ankle thing. I've always wanted to know about one of those things. Can I? And he's like, yeah, I mind. And then he's like, how did it, what happened? He's like, I popped my fantasy teacher. <laughs> and his mom is having a hard time. It's like, hey, don't be so rude. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I think I left the milk in the car. And she walks away. And then you get that like dialogue between him and Mr. Turner. And Mr. Turner's like, I get it. There's like a lot of teachers that I went to school with that I wanted to kill too. And it's like, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, Kale does the whole you know, he leaves the kitchen because his mom's talking about going on a date with him. Like he's talking about taking his mom out for a date and he's like, no, no. And so he goes to walk up the stairs and he has the whole like fake, like, Oh, I'm going to pretend like I went all the way up. <laughs> have oh, you ever yeah. done that before? Like you have an argument or fight with your parents or something and you pretend to go all the way up the stairs just so you can hear if they're like talking bad about you. Oh, I don't, I don't think I have. Um, see the downs. See where I see. I was in like a one story mm-hmm. house but there was a basement, so you had to, like, walk down to get away to your room. Oh, gotcha. So, I don't know if I listen, overheard what people would say about me. I yeah. didn't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, I know you hate me. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I know you hate me. I don't need to hear you say it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, then, uh, then he, it cuts to him and Ashley, and they're, like, talking, and she's like, ooh, that's creepy. She's like... Do you think he really meant like it was nice to meet you? Or do you think he was just sending you more of a sinister message? And he's like, "Can you be serious right now?" And she's like, "Have you even noticed my hair? Because like her hair is all like curled. Oh, like, yeah. She looks really do you like pretty. My hair? Yeah." <laughs> and he doesn't even notice. He's like, "Yeah, it's nice. Whatever." <laughs> and then he's talking about how you know he's like he's got the Longhorn Skull in his garage. He had the dent in that fender, and blah 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 blah. And she's like, "Well, I'm going to a party." She's like, "I don't have time to deal with this right now." She's like, "I'm going to a party." And he's like, "Who's?" And she's like, "Mine." And right. and then oh, she's like, conform. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, because she's like, I ran into this girl. Uh, I ran into this girl today. Her name's Mini Tycho, and he's like, Oh, Skinny Psycho. Yeah, I had Spanish thirst. She's a real treat. <laughs> skinny Psycho. Huh. Yeah. Oh man. Um. But I think it's weird. Like she meets this girl, and then all of a sudden she's just having her come over to have a party. I don't know. It's sketchy to me. It's like so you're gonna trust this girl that you just met today to bring a whole bunch of random people over to your house to have a party. Okay. Whatever. Huh. Whatever floats your boat, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you were saying, he's talking about her conforming because uh, she wants to go to this party. And he's like, oh, so you got the whole jock and bimbo population showing up. Oh, and, goodness. Uh, yeah. And then she's like, just put those in your, just keep those in your drawers tonight, will ya? And so then it cuts to the party and she's, uh, you know, she's got like this big backyard with all these people in it and she's like walking around and he's spying on her of course with the binoculars and i think she knows at this point that he's probably watching her but i think at this point she's testing him to see if he'll you know snap or not because he sees the guy come up to her and he's getting real cozy with her and he like freaks out and then he puts (laughs) he ends up sending like a big speaker outside of his house and he sets up like uh i forgot what that song's called it's like mini rippleton yeah, something silly. Yeah, and so he, like, puts it up to full volume, and she, like, everyone at the party can hear it, and they're, like, giving her, like, what the fuck is this? They're, like, what kind of music is this? And so she, like, goes over to his house, and he hears the doorbell ring, and he thinks it's Ashley. So he goes downstairs, and it's, like, the three kids again from the three neighborhood boys, and they throw balloons at him. And then this is how he this is how he finds out what the kid's last name is, because he's wearing, like, a jersey, and it says Greenwood. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that. So a jersey, right? Yeah. So that's how at the end when he calls the mom of the house, that's oh. how he knew how to find her because he probably left her up in the phone book because of like, oh. yeah. <laughs> interesting. I mm-hmm. didn't catch that. That's hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, and then he goes back up into his room and you see Ashley like just climbing through one of the windows and he's like, what the f- <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And they're like fighting over the, you know, they're fighting over the music and she ends up like, you know, outsmarting him and running to the balcony and she's like, stop right there. And he's like, I will drop this. And like this whole scene when he's like, when she's like, I'm trying to enjoy my party. And he's like, Oh really? Cause you could have fooled me. And she's like, what does that mean? He's like, well, if you're trying to enjoy your party, enjoy your party, quit. Look, don't keep looking up at me trying to get a rise out of me. And she's like, so you have been watching me. And she's like, but for how long? She's like a week, two weeks since I moved in. What are you keeping tabs on Kale? And he's like, what else have you seen? And, Ew, I like he's like I've seen a lot and I'm like oh wow okay <laughs> and he's like not like that and he basically goes into like this big monologue about how she's like the only girl he's ever seen maybe like one out of four billion people like pizza flavored chips and stuff like that and he's like you spend more time on your roof of your house than in your actual house and then he kind of talks about how like when every time she walks past the mirror she kind of like looks at herself mm-hmm. but it's like more of like you know, who am I kind of thing instead of being like, I'm so hot, you know, kind of, um, and then you basically telling her, he's like, you know, you're trying to figure out why your world's not in order, like your books and stuff like that. He's like, I'm only looking at you and I don't know. I don't see is you. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this would turn me on or turn me off. Cause she's like, that's either the creepiest or the sweetest thing I've ever heard. And then you get like that scene where they're like making out. Yeah. Cause it's like, sure. He sees her, but then he's trying to say in a weird way that, well, I, I see the real you, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I see past what you're doing. I see what I think about why you're doing it, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of a weird way to get to know someone, but he was yeah. limited, you know, he was re- he spatially challenged as he put it. Very true. Yeah. But still, that's still kind of creepy to <laughs> try and get to know someone just from, sp- you know, spying on them. Yeah. See, like, in my mind, there's only, like, a few ways, like, good reasons to spy on people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's for scientific research. Yeah. You know, and there's, like, moral stuff with that and stuff. Um, his way, get to know someone in a creepy way. Or yeah. maybe you're in a neighborhood watch and you look out for suspicious activities. There we go. Yeah. Or maybe you're just a pervert and you want to get a stimulus. Just, yeah, but <laughs> seems like what Kale was at the beginning, but it seems yeah. more so like the more he's gotten to know her, like observed her, it's gone from being like a creepy, like teenage, like, you know, ooh, she's so hot. Like, I'm just going to love to like, he actually does care about her. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, just from like the, the stuff that he's seen, he's really, you know, that, that goes back to your point from earlier. Like he has more time to really focus on everything that's going on around him instead of just in this like little bubble that he's in. So technically like, it's like, yes, he's in the little bubble, which is his house. So he can't leave it. But like, because of that, he's really saw more of like what the world is like outside. And I find that very interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, it's like if he, you know, that, like I said, that kind of goes back to, I feel like they're trying to put a subtle message in there, like social media this is what it does to us. It like, doesn't like let us actually focus on the moment or focus on anything that's going on around us. So I like that they took the social media part out of it so that he can like, you know, be more focused on everything else that's going on. Yeah. Be, be more authentic and see the authentic her exactly. and not just what's on the outside. There we go. Yep. Um, 
And then, uh, yeah, so they're like making out in their room in Kale's room. And like, it keeps going back between back and forth between her and Mr. Turner's house. Cause you see that window up in the garage and you see like the blood splatter across it, which I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they were trying to trick the audience into thinking that it was a girl that he murdered because it's actually, I don't know if it's the deer that he kills. And like, that's what blood splatters all over the window. I'm pretty sure it's the girl that he kills and that's her blood. But then when he's taking, he's dragging the, you know, the bag, the blue bag down the stairs and Ashley hears it. And so she goes up to the window and she's like, she sees him and she's like, oh my God, what do we do? Cause she's like, I think I just saw him dragging a body down the stairs into his garage. Cause she's like, it had the red smears on it. <laughs> yeah. And then this is when you get the scene with uh, them playing detective. Cause uh, Ashley's at the hardware store and she's like watching, she's spying yeah. on Mr. Turner with her phone and she's sending uh kale like live pictures to his computer because he can see what's going on and then ronnie ronnie's sneaking over to the house to try to break into his car to get the uh the door code to the garage so they can get in and see what's in the bag and i love this is like the best part between kale and ronnie because they're arguing back and forth and uh ashley's like walking around the store she's taking pictures and she bumps into mini she bumps into mini tyco because like that's a good scare i feel like that's a good effective like jump scare Cause she's like walking down and she bumps into her and she's like, Oh, Ashley. And she's like, hi, skinny Benny. And she's like, who tells you that name? <laughs> like oh. she just looks, <clears throat> which I mean, is kind of an offen- offensive name. Cause he's basically calling her like a binge eater. Oh, is like it skinny, really? like anorexic. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So she's like, Ooh. so I'm sure her and uh mini Tycho aren't friends anymore after this interaction. Cause you never see them like interact with each other again after that. Oh my. Something maybe they're not friends anymore. I don't know. Dang. Who knows? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but um <clears throat> then uh you find out that like she's lost Turner cuz she's like he I don't know his car isn't here anymore. Like he I lost him like 5 minutes ago and he's talking to Ronnie and he's like, "Okay, Ronnie, I need you to get pop it open, give me the code right now." And Ronnie's like, "Why do you sound so agitated?" He's like, "I'm agitated because of uh, Turner's coming home and I need we need to get that code and he's like what no and he's like operation stupid is officially over that's a great line <laughs> it really yeah. is it's so good um yeah and then uh you finally get the code but then you get the scene with Ashley where it cuts back to her and she's driving and then she gets stopped in the middle of the road or in the middle of the parking garage because Turner's standing in front of her car and this is kind of an intense scene but I'm sorry the scene would not fly <clears throat> like how he just gets into her oh, car in. and just sits there and is like being really creepy with her. Like that wouldn't fly with you. Or I don't think that would fly period in this oh. day and age. Like the fact that oh, she doesn't, yeah. I guess the reason why she doesn't say anything t- about it to anybody is because she knows that they're kind of, you know, spying. So it's like, she's, paralyzed. she can't really say anything without implicating herself and being like, well, yeah, but we were spying on him. So it's like, I don't know, but it's just the way he interacts with her. That's creepy. Cause he's like basically telling her that he kind of knows that he's, that he's being watched but he's like if this is like some new age way of a young girl coming on to a much older man it's like ew like she's not coming on to you first of all yeah uh yeah this whole thing it's like he's he's approaching her right Mm -hmm. he invades her privacy her privacy gets by getting in her car having to have a nice conversation about how she shouldn't be spying on him yeah so it's kind of it's it's manipulative Mm -hmm. you know it's a contradicting yeah um it's like i enjoy my privacy yeah he's like like, i'm in your car yeah but i'm in your car invading your privacy now like and i love how he like un uh takes the key out of the ignition too it's like 
I don't know who the hell you think you are, sir. But yeah, you're where's in... your where's your badge? Yeah, <laughs> or... like where's your badge and uh, get out of my car? That's what I would be saying. I'd be like, oh, this is weird. Seriously. And then he locks them in there with, like, he locks her in there with him too. Like he pushes the lock button so she can't get out, and I'm like, that would freak me out. Oh wow. Like if I was Ashley in that moment, I would be so scared. I'd be like, oh my gosh, am I gonna die right now? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, I think she was she felt paralyzed. You mm-hmm. know, she felt that you know, when you're so scared that you just kind of shut down yeah so i think it was that kind of a, a moment oh for sure um and then like in the next scene her and kayla are arguing about it because he's like basically telling her how we need to call the police and she's like why he didn't do anything and it's like he didn't do anything basically like forced himself into your car but he was a nice man yeah yeah i love that ronnie says that he's like <clears throat> oh damn she's got that like stockholm thing going on and she's like what and he's like you know when the hostage falls for the hostage taker and she's like where do you get this stuff he's like I just I read, read. Yeah, he's like, I read a lot. <laughs> I read a lot. Um, and then uh, she's basically like telling him, like, just put the, like, this is obviously not a fun little game anymore. This has gone way too far. And then you hear the her mom call. And I love how anytime her mom calls, she's like, no, I'm not over here. <laughs> <laughs> like her mom calls and she's like, what? And she's like, no, I'm not over here. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, but then this next scene is when you find out that, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, Kale, is very, uh, you know, uh, technically savvy because he ends up like setting up this camera thing where he can, you know, do like view it over the TV, but like it can go for like a long distance, like towards next door. He can see like what's going on through the camera. And I'm like, ooh, fancy. You know what you're doing. Um, but I love how he's also calling Ronnie because he, he's looking at the original plans of the house and that room. There was like an extra room that wasn't there when, you it know, it was originally built. Mm-hmm. He had it, uh, What's the word? Um, when you make you add something onto your house that wasn't there. Yeah, renovations. Renovation. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he did this renovation. He was like, why would he need that? Mm-hmm. Why make that choice? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we know why later. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he's uh, trying to figure that out. And then he Ronnie comes over and he's like, I left my phone in his car. Like He's freaking out because he's like, my phone is in his car. What if he you know, knows that I was in there? And this is, like, when Kale kind of becomes a shitty friend, in my opinion. Kale basically sends his friend over to try to f- see what's in the bag. And it's like, really? Like, what if something would have happened to him? Like, if he would have actually died, like, that would have been your fault. <laughs> yeah, he's just using him as a, a pawn, you know? Yeah, which I'm just like, oh, that's not cool. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, sure, he's spatially challenged, but still. Doesn't yeah. mean you have to, you know, drag all your friends into your mess, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then Ronnie gets into the garage. He's like looking, he's like walking towards the blue bag. Um, but before he can get to it, the camera starts sliding. Cause he's talking about how like he sees hair and there's like blood and like stinks. And I love when Kale asks him, what does it smell like? He's like, like the corpse of a rotting hottie. Oh <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, <clears throat> Ronnie ends up saving the camera from slipping off the, the hood of the car. And then you just see the garage door close behind him. And he's like, Oh shit. And then you see Ronnie running through the house because he, like, hears something. He's running through the house. And then after, uh, he basically trips and falls. And then the camera just goes static. Like, you can't see anything else. So he grabs, like, a baseball bat and, like, hops the fence and walks over to Turner's house. And then this is when the cops show up. And that looks really bad because he's, like, literally standing in the doorway with a freaking baseball bat. Not a good look there, Kale. Not a good look. I mean, with him, you should have called the cops. Like, you, you, Mm -hmm. you don't need to send your friend over. Yeah. You, know, you can just have a, 
a conversation with uh, the authorities or whatever. Mm-hmm. Say, I have this suspicion. Yeah. But, See, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I might have done the same thing. Like, if, if, if it was you or, or one of my other close friends that, you know, I thought was in danger, like, I'd probably act on it more so than just, like, call the cops. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I need to get over there now because I don't that's know what's true. The... So, like, I don't know. I, f- I find it kind of realistic that he, like, hops the fence and goes over there. I kind of like that. I agree. Of... Yeah. And the way I, s- the reason why I say that is, um, like, there's also the justice system, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you call... They have to drive over. Yep. They've got to, you know, get the team together. So there's sometimes the system that we have in place is sort of its own impediment. Or it's yep. like an impediment to find the justice that it needs. So jumping in was like the only way to save him. And the cops are there to like clean up the mess, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's a lot of the issue with that whole thing is, you know, the whole you have to be missing for 24 hours before you can file a report where a lot can happen in 24 hours. So I'm glad that they're starting to kind of change that rule, that law in some places a little bit. Um, but yeah, so in this, this is, yeah, he gets picked up by the cops and of course it's, you know, the teacher's cousin again, he's always there and, uh, he's standing in front of the garage and he's handcuffed and he's basically telling him like, there's a bag, there's a blue bag with a body inside of it, inside the garage. So they pull it out. And I like how the scene, like, kind of unfolds because you don't see what the cops see right away. So, like, the cop, like, un, you know, takes the, untangles the bag and he looks inside and you think he's, like, reacting to a body. And I love when, I love when Kale look, gives uh, Mr. Turner that look, like, that smug, like, grin, like, ooh, I caught you, you know? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and Mr. Turner's just standing there in his bathrobe and he's just like, hmm. whatever. Um, but then the cops, like, come over here. So he, like, tells Kale to come over. And there's like a deer inside the the blue bag, and he's like, "Yeah, I hit it on my way home the other night. I thought I could save a f- few steps and get it off the road." And then Kale's like, "Well, but you had time to fix your fender, right?" And he's like, "Well, I needed it in pristine condition. I needed it in pristine condition for the auto show." And he's like, "Oh, the auto show. The auto show. Yeah, you're a car fan, huh? <laughs> you like cars, huh? Yeah, you like cars, huh? <laughs> oh man." Um, but then the next scene, it's like him, he has that argument with his mom because, uh, the parole supervisor is there and she's basically telling him that he's due in court at 9am tomorrow. And, uh, his mom's basically like, I'm disappointed. Like they get into like a big scream match. Cause he's like, I need to go over there and talk to him. Cause he's, you know, they're, it's lucky. You're lucky. They didn't just take you away. She's like, I need to go apologize so that you can stay out of jail. And Kale's like, no, you're not going over there. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> And then, um, I really like, oh, I love the way this movie just takes off from here on out. Like, from the time that his mom goes over to the house to, like, the end of the movie, it's just nonstop. Oh, yeah. I love that. Like, the last 20 minutes of this film are so good. Oh, yeah. There's, like, this this constant back and forth between, uh, you, 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 you see something terrible happen, mm-hmm. you know, you think it's terrible, the audience thinks it's terrible, and you yeah. have this heightened state of paranoia. And then all of a sudden, oh, it was nothing. It was yeah. just a deer. It was just, it, you know. Yeah. And and then it, you see something happen again, and then, whoa, paranoia just goes up again. Yep. I, yeah, and I like how they kind of play with that whole, um, you know, because I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was like, is he actually a serial killer, or is this, like, just Kale thinking that he is? Because, like, they may really make you think that, you're not really sure like what you just said you're not really sure if he's actually killing these people or if like kale's this is all just in kale's head like she's he's just you know 
seeing what he wants to see kind of a thing thought that, that was yeah i thought that's interesting how they kind of play with your you know what's the word they kind of play with your thoughts a little bit and thinking like oh but what if it's not what we think it is or what if it is what we think it is but what if it's not you know yeah even even after the end you're like is that really what just happened yeah yeah <laughs> um but then this is the scene where uh he's upstairs and he's watching his mom go over to turner's house and then he gets like a f- a phone message from Ronnie and it's like look at your TV and then you see like Ronnie like laying in there but it looks like he's dead and at first you don't notice it but then you see the Twinkie Tower he's like laying next to the Twinkie Tower Twinkie Tower and that's like holy shit he's in the closet so then he goes up to the closet and Ronnie's like pretending to be dead and then he like just pops up and he's like woo <laughs> if I was Kale I would be so pissed like Kale's oh, mad yeah. but I feel like Kale gets over it way too quickly yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, we're buddies now. Yeah, we're, we're fine. Yeah, we're I would fine. be like, well, thanks to you, now I might be going to jail, so... Yeah. But then again, it's all Kale's fault anyway, because Kale's the one that made Ronnie go over there. So, really, at the end of the day, Kale only has himself to blame, but... That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, what was I supposed to do? Tell the officer, oh, yeah, officer, I was in his house. I was there to get the phone that I broke in, uh, out of the car that I broke into today. Excuse me. So he's like, um... I just didn't want to go to jail. I kept thinking it was Hyde. And then he's like, that was a bad joke. And then Kale's like, yeah, it was. And they kind of had that moment where they kind of, you know, like I said, it happens a little too fast for my liking. Cause I would be pissed if somebody did that to me. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm still mad at you. Yeah. Like I can forgive you, but I'm not happy with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then Ronnie goes downstairs to, you know, go to the bathroom and he, he puts his footage that he shot with the camera, like on the TV and Kale's like watching it and then when he drops it it like goes up to like a vent and he's like what was that so you get that that whole scene where he's like zooming in on the picture and while it cuts back and forth between him and his mom because his mom's in the living room with uh Turner and she's talking to him about how you know he still blames himself for his dad's death like it's been really hard for him and uh then it cuts back to Kale and he like zooms in and then you see like the woman's face like in plastic like through the vent mm -hmm. yeah yep and this is like the scene where he uh slam oh the way he slams his mom's head into the door too because she like goes to leave and he like grabs her and push like slams her head into the freaking door frame ouch and then uh kale's like trying to get ronnie's attention but it's like too loud because i think it's lightning outside it's like really stormy outside so ronnie can't really hear him and then yeah yeah you see mr turner come in behind him and he basically whacks him with the baseball bat so it's like got him good too and like this whole uh i really like the way this scene is like choreographed with them fighting like when they're like running through the kitchen and stuff like he's slamming the bat around and he's trying to disconnect the the thing from the the wall so that the cops will come but he doesn't do it in time and so he like runs outside and uh it doesn't uh doesn't turner like fall on the ground doesn't he like fall from, i think like the second story the first i think that's story? a little bit later oh, that's later. yeah that's after ashley shows back up oh okay. yeah um because, yeah, right now they're just fighting and they're struggling and he's trying to get away. And Turner pulls him back and punches him in the face and then basically just, like, tapes him to a chair. He's, like, taped to a chair. Tapes him to a chair. Yeah. And that's when he's like, uh, you made me do this. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shit just got real. Uh, yeah, because he basically talks about the scenario that they're going to go through now where he's going to kill his friend for sleeping with that girl behind his back. And then how he killed his mom because she wouldn't stop blaming him for his dad's death. And, uh, like, he basically starts making him write a note out to Ashley 
But then Ashley coming in in the clutch, she shows up at the right time because you hear her downstairs and Turner like reacts to it. So Kale like just basically takes that as an opportunity, like bashes him in the head with his, because I think his hands are like tied in front of him. Yeah. So he takes like his like hands and hits him and then runs out. And this is when Ashley, Ooh, that scene always makes me cringe though. When, uh, Ashley gets on his back and she's like digging his nail, her nails oh, into his yeah, face. Oh yeah, digging his. Ooh. Oh, it looks so gnarly too because you see it like when she's pulling him back, like it's ah pulls the skin back. Ooh, Ooh. so rough. Yeah, and then uh, this is when Kale like pushes him over the second story, so he like that's when he falls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh man, that's gotta hurt. Oh yeah, definitely. And then that's when back. they run in. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> your back's not gonna be the same after that. I can Ooh. tell you that much. <laughs> I'm surprised he was able to get up that quickly. Yeah. Cause he's like, he, he gets back up pretty quick. Yeah. I used to think, uh, he probably has like, I'm guessing he was from the military or something. He could have been. Had, yeah. So yeah. He's, he's got combat training, mm-hmm. I assume. So maybe he had experience with killing people. And then he thought, yeah. Oh yeah, I like killing people. That could be my hobby. Yeah. It's like, an interesting backstory to think about. Cause like, you don't really get much of a backstory of him. That's true. Like you don't really get much of like where he came from, like why he does it. Um, like, because I feel like the most of the focus is on Kale and like these other characters, and he's just kind of a mystery. Mm, so you exactly, have the paranoia and stuff. Yep, and keep you guessing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they're like locked up in uh, his dad's office, and he basically takes the scissors and like cuts him loose, cuts himself loose, and then um, you get that like nice little jump scare, scare where the power in the off, like the whole house goes off, and Ashley's sitting there in front of the door, and then all of a sudden the baseball bat just comes flying through the door which reminds me a lot of the shining i think they took some reference from the shining with that oh that's the one where he puts the axe Mm -hmm. through the door Mm -hmm. yeah he was was an actual fireman wasn't he the actor see i don't know if jack nicholson was an actual fireman but i know that the doors that he was breaking down were actual doors actual doors Mm -hmm. so he was he might have been a fireman though yeah i have to look back at that um but yeah so then him and ashley run out and they jump into the pool and he basically tells Ashley, and this is another thing I wanted to bring up. I'm glad I didn't forget this. I like how they don't do the the typical, you know, because when I first watched this movie, I was like, okay, Ashley's going to be the one that ends up getting kidnapped and he's going to have to save her. Mm-hmm. But in this film, she's like not that damsel in distress character. She actually ends up, you know, escaping and doesn't, you know, end up attempting to get killed by Turner, if that makes sense. It's kind of a trope that they kind of put a twist on it. You know, instead of her, it's like his mom that's you know in trouble i kind of like that they didn't make her just this damsel in distress too you know yeah and he was in they were in the pool and uh and then he was basically you know get out of here you know call the police yeah yeah so so he she went home she went back to safe be safe Mm -hmm. so that was good of on him i think oh yeah yeah and then he gets he gets to the house he takes like the pair of like hedge clippers and he like walks up to the house and he goes in and then you get that shot of the officer walking out from, I don't know where he's at. He's, I think he's like a burger place or something and he goes sit in the car. And then the dispatch operator, this is when you find out that he was intentionally going after Kale because he was the teacher's cousin. Because she says, um, that kid hopped the fence again, you want dibs. So it's like basically like this whole time he has yeah. been out to get Kale. Like Kale he, wasn't just thinking that he was, he was. Like, yeah, he, he volunteered to be the guy to go. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Well, and then he's like just a real piece of shit because then she's like, do you want to, uh, do you want to take care of it? And he's like, yeah, I'll take care of it. And he's like, when I take care of it, cause he doesn't even go like right away. He's supposed to go right away. Cause it's like, okay, so what, what would have happened if he hopped the fence, went over and murdered Mr. Turner? 
while you were supposed to be there. Like, it's just kind of irresponsible on his part. But I, I get it because it's like he's cried wolf so many times that he's probably just like, I'm not even going to not even going to bother with it. But, you know, yeah, it's probably nothing. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's probably nothing. It's fine. Um, but I like the scene with Kale because he's like looking through the house and he goes and looks through the vent. And he sees the woman and then he sees like another, you know, woman right next to the vent next to him. And then he sees like a set of stairs in there too that goes down into like the cellar area. So then he's walking along the wall in the hallway and he's like banging on it. And then you get like the wall opens up into like a secret secret room. room. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, re- the, the new, uh, yeah, the new addition, the new addition, the remodel, remodeling. <laughs> remodeling. Yeah. Um, and then he finds like a room full of freezers and like a surgical table. And like, there's like a shelf, like full of just like wallets and purses and, women's ids and stuff and this is when he finds like the the red hair i think it's a wig though because he's like the club girl never left and so then he goes uh that's when the cop shows up so it's like kind of going back and forth between him and the cop now and uh he finds like another little door he slides it to the side the cop hears it so he starts walking towards the hallway that kale came that kale went through and uh he finds like a cellar and i think you can hear his mom down there like somewhat like oh, she's like, I think, yeah, I think you can kind of hear her because he's like, Mom. He goes down there, and then the cop is walking down the hallway, and you see Mr. Turner standing in that little corner. Oh, in the corner in the hallway. Mm hmm. Hidden. Mm hmm. And he then walks. before he can call dispatch, he like breaks his neck, which I'm just like, kind of deserved it. So, well, yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get. Yep. Um, and then this is when Kale hears it from upstairs, and he falls inside that little, uh, it's like a, what, like a three by four little hole and there's like it's like filled with like dead bodies and like decompose decomposing in this water yeah see that's where it it, it connects it it's similar in that with the burbs because mm-hmm. it has a serial killer or serial killer quote unquote yeah and he hits the bot hides the bodies in the cellar and that's what that's the a story that intersects with the burbs oh. and disturbia okay so, that's kind of cool i like that yeah, yeah. um so he like ends up climbing out and he finds his mom and she's like strung up on the ceiling, like strung up from the ceiling and he goes to cut her down and she falls. But Mr. Turner's like holding her. So then Mr. Turner starts attacking him. Oh, and he like slices him on the back with his knife. Like you can hear it. it sounds gnarly. Ooh. Ugh. And, uh, his mom ends up picking like an, I think it looks like an ice pick or something. She like picks up an ice pick because she, he's about to kill, uh, kale. Cause he's like, you made me do this. And then his mom stabs him in like the calf, I think. I think it's like the back of his leg. And then this is when Kale like takes the shit, the shears and like just stabs him. Like, what is it? The abdomen. He stabs him like right here. Yeah. And then pushes him into the hole. Yeah. And it's stuck in him. Mm. Oof. Rough. Rough way to go. But uh, yeah, then it cuts to after that, it cuts to them like leaving the garage. You hear like the sirens and stuff and they're they get their little slow motion walk moment through the through the garage you know oh yeah oh, they were coming out mm-hmm. like, oh we just been through heck yeah they walk out slowly slow motion makes it more dramatic <laughs> <laughs> um and then the in the next scene this is like the ending scene so he's getting his bracelet turned uh he's getting his bracelet taken off because he was she, forgiven mm-hmm. yep shorter and sentence exactly yeah she's like she's like you might be the first person in history that got one of these things off for good behavior and he's like good behavior and she's like that's what i'm calling it if you don't like it go uh, talk to somebody who cares <laughs> <laughs> and then i love how she's like are you still prepared to uh pay for the incarceration fee and she's like 
she's like today counts and she's like she's not kidding (laughs) yeah um and then kale goes out and uh finally he gets to cross the line and you know get to be with ashley see his honey yeah yeah um and he's like he's like does it scare you that I'm no longer spatially challenged? She's like, oh yes, it terrifies me. And then, oh. <laughs> and then this is like the scene at the end when you get him calling Mrs. Greenwood. Cause he's like, Mrs. Greenwood, this is a uh, so-and-so from uh, your satellite TV provider. We uh, noticed that you're, um, you're receiving from the second floor. And he's like, receiver yeah, skin- two y- yeah receiver whatever. two. Yeah. He's like skin flicks is what they call him, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> like really yeah and he's like nope nope not a problem just doing my job have a good day and then you see her go in and the kids are watching it and she's like i'm calling your parent because she like freaks out and they're it's so funny i love it man and and she's uh, he's like oh this is strike one or something like that against neighborhood evil yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love it and then they start making out and you get like that shot that looks like it's coming from the video camera and you see ronnie oh and his like where he got hit by the baseball bats like right here gnarly on ronnie mm-hmm. oh okay yeah because it doesn't really explain whether ronnie survived or not until the very end so you're like did ronnie survive or did he die when he got hit with the baseball bat yeah so i kind of like how they kept that a mystery until the very end because then he's like standing there he's got this gnarly freaking bruise on his face yeah and uh yeah and then that basically is how the movie ends well i'll say i like the, the very very end so i think it ties in with the theme mm-hmm. uh so Ronnie's taking the video. Yeah. You know, they're kissing, they're, you know, having a moment. And then he's like, Are you serious? You know? But you know. But he keeps going. He's like, Oh, it's gonna go on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And then so as the audience we see what he's recording, we see what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And we almost feel like we're being perverts for yeah. watching. And it's like, are we guilty of For watching this. For watching this, you know? Because you almost feel bad. Yeah. You know. The, just the way they have the camera set up in the wow yeah so it feels like you're actually like am i supposed should i be watching this am i supposed to be watching them kissing it yeah you're like i kind of feel uncomfortable right now yeah yeah but yeah no that's a really really good point steven i'm really glad that you brought that up actually because i never even i never even thought about that that it kind of like ties with this whole you know theme of voyeurism you know of of looking inside someone else's life and maybe you shouldn't be doing that, like for certain aspects. But I, I don't know. I think that's very fascinating. So, thank you. Yeah, because uh, when people are alone, right? When, mm-hmm. when they think they're, I'm not being watched. I'm in my four walls. I'm safe. You start to, they become, they act in a way that's true to them. You know, you act differently when you know you're being watched. Mm-hmm. So it's your authentic self. And so, when you see that, it's kind. You're vulnerable. And yeah. For like seeing someone being vulnerable feels you know you feel kind of bad because yeah. they're exposed and you see who they really are exactly so. yeah i love that very good very good ending ending note on that that's fucking fantastic hey you're welcome <laughs> nice job i have my moments yeah well <laughs> i mean i think you have your moments all the time but oh thanks <laughs> i thought you did really good um but yeah that's disturbia folks so good movie I, I i love this movie as i said before i have a very um nostalgic connection to this film but um before we get into that uh do you want to get into the story and quality ratings steven oh so, sure so they're out of 10 so the story rating is just basically like the plot um you know like that the 
the writing and stuff like that. And then the quality is just basically like, you know, the actors, the cinematography, stuff like that. So would you like to hit us with your story and quality ratings? Um, um, gladly. So with this story, this, this is a thriller. So, uh, it escalated very nicely and that's mm-hmm. important for a thriller. Yeah. You have to make sure the, the scene, uh, is always more intense than the last. Yep. So, uh, so each time something suspicious, suspicious happened, it, it got more intense than the last incident. Um, it also had some really good themes. Uh, it questions like when is when does privacy apply and and when does it when doesn't it apply? Uh, when which when should we observe other people and when should we not do that? Um, you know, uh, it also touches on uh, uh, finding stimuli from the out the environment versus finding peace from within. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I would, I would say an eight. Ooh. Okay. An eight out of 10. That's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very relatable too. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, I like how they, um, how they kind of geared it towards our generation too. So it's like, it's set up in that, you know, with technology and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like technology also has, um, a lot of good, uh, what's the word? technology ha- plays a big part in this film like te- you know they have got the cameras they've got the you know all the stuff that they use to spy on this you know serial killer and i think that's very interesting that they like you know involved the use of technology in this movie as well so yeah it's very uh very interesting eight out of ten that's a good that's a good rating yeah i i give it eight yeah yeah uh what about your quality rating um let's see for what it was i mean there wasn't magic there wasn't uh you know, there wasn't like computer generation and stuff. Yeah. So I like that it kept it simple for what it was. You know, uh, they had those really great uh, illusions with the camera. Yeah. And perspectives, and so they kept it simple. So I'd I'd give it an eight. Very nice, consistent. I like okay. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, for my story rating, I'm gonna also give it an eight because it. And the reason why I'm not giving it a perfect 10 is just because it's not an original concept. They Mm -hmm. kind of took the concept of rear window and kind of, you know, made it into a different kind of film. Um, I, I, like you, I, I appreciate where they took the story. There's a lot of good themes in this film. Um, I really like just the directions that this film takes. Like, you know, it keeps you guessing. It keeps you wondering if, you know, is this guy really a killer or is, or is Kale just, you know, thinking that he is and like, he's not really, you know, that's, it's a very interesting route that this film takes. And then when you find out that he is, it's like, okay, that's cool too. But <laughs> you know, um, I just, yeah, I really like the plot. I like how they took an idea that was already there with rear window because in rear window, correct me if I'm wrong. He's in a wheelchair because he like broke his legs or something. Correct. Okay. And then this one, it's kind of a similar concept, except like he's not injured or anything. He's just on house arrest. So I like how they kind of took that concept and kind of made it a little bit different and, and obviously modernized it and freshened it, uh, made it more fresh with like the use of technology and stuff like that. So yeah, eight out of 10 for me. Nice. And then for the quality, I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Cause oh, okay. this is a pretty damn good looking movie. I love the lighting in this film. I love the cinematography in this film. I think the acting is really great. Um, Aside from, you know, a few little pet peeves that I, you know, brought up a little bit earlier, 
this this is a pretty almost near perfect film in my opinion for what it was like um like i said it's very nostalgic for me as well so this film i love watching this film i can watch it multiple times uh so yeah i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten for quality fair fair enough nice and uh what was your favorite scene steven and your least favorite scene okay so my favorite scene um is the part where uh she she caught him spying on him during her Mm. party and they were up in the balcony yeah in his the room or the office or something yeah yeah and uh and they're having he's explaining he's He's explaining what, you know, first, you know, at first he may have been perverted to see her, but then he started seeing her authentic self. Yeah. And so he was saying, all I see is you. I'm watching you, but I see the real you. And that's essentially what he's saying. Uh, I like that because that's like showing his turning point. Yeah. Uh, how he's, he's grown. Uh, so how he favorite. now, like how he saw the world at the beginning of the film to how he sees it now. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. What's your least favorite scene? Ooh, my least favorite scene. When the teacher, Mr. G- Gutierrez, Gutierrez yeah. he's like, what would your father think? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. Yeah. It's Man. like, that's so messed up to say. Ugh. Yeah. So messed up. It's like, who who would say that? Because it's like, you, you know that he's got to know about his dad. Like, there's no way he doesn't know. Yeah absolutely it's like why what did you think was going to happen when you brought up his dad in the situation did you really think you weren't going to get your lights decked out sorry like yeah (laughs) um my favorite scene let's see i think my favorite scene is the whole ending like where it uh where you know from where he finds the woman on the tape in the vent to like where it ends i really like that whole just you know that whole last final part i think it's really great um, I think my least favorite scene, and it's not even really my least favorite scene because there's not a lot of those in here. Mm-hmm. It's more so just the end of the scene, and I brought it up earlier. It's just a pet peeve of mine with the club girl scene. Mm-hmm. I love the I love where the first half of the scene went, and then the last half where he like basically dresses up as her to pretend to leave. That just kind of like threw me off because I was like, "There's no, that's not realistic." Right. You know, there's there's things that I can look past and there's, you know, certain things that I can be like, okay, that wasn't realistic, but it's fine. But with this one, it does kind of bug me a little bit because it's like there's no way he would have had time to do all that. Right. So I'd have to say that scene just because it's just there's some plot holes with that that I, you know, it's hard for me to see past. But (laughs) yeah, a little bit distracting Mm -hmm. from the yeah story. Yeah. Um, And then last but not least, the IMDb rating. So it got a six point eight. And uh, do you agree with the score, Steven, or do you think it should be higher or lower, or do you think it's fine where it's at? Um, you know, I think I'd round it to s- seven, maybe. Okay, but that's I fair. I think, uh, yeah, six point eight or seven is—I'd say that's fair. Yeah, yeah, same. I would—I would round probably round it up to seven too. If not, I'd probably keep it where it's at. Yeah. But if I—if I really wanted to, I'd round it up to seven. Yeah. So. Right on the money with these today, oh, aren't we? On the money. <laughs> All right, Stephen, are you ready for the most dreaded part of this? Uh, <laughs> All right, give this it to me. Episode. We're going to jump into the we love horror tr- horror horror. We <laughs> yeah, we are going to jump right into the we love horror trivia round, and I've got some uh, questions for you. All right, give them to me. 
All right. Let's see how I do. And and the thing about this quiz is I found this quiz and uh, we're not going to know what the answers are until the very end. Okay. So I don't I don't it doesn't give you like the when you answer a question it doesn't give you like the answer like oh yeah that was right or no that wasn't right um so so you don't even know mm-mm. oh nope all right <laughs> but it's multiple choice so that makes me feel better yes all right so disturbia from dreamworks pictures takes us on a uh, us to disturbia suburbia an almost perfect place for a serial killer to hide uh how much do you know about the film disturbia so question number one steven Kale, a high school student, is the main character in the suspense thriller Disturbia. Can you name the actor who portrays Kale? Is it A, Joey Lawrence, B, Justin Timberlake, C, Shia LaBeouf, or D, Orlando Bloom? Man, Shia LaBeouf. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Orlando Bloom. Hmm. Yeah, right. (laughs) Question number two. Where were Kale and his father prior to the car crash in which Kale's father was killed? Is it A, on a hunting expedition, B at a football game, C on a fishing trip, or D at a funeral? Uh, C. Correct. Who is the person that Kale is under court ordered house arrest for assaulting? Is it A, his bus driver, Mr. Rogers, B, his Spanish teacher, Mr. Gutierrez, C, the family's gardener, Ronnie, or D, the Maytag, Maytag appliance man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, it was the, the teacher. Gutierrez. Correct, sir. Good job. You're going three for three right now. Three for three. You're doing good. <laughs> Kale's mother removes all his entertainment, such as TV and video games. What does Kale begin to do to relieve his boredom? A, teaches go- teach his dog to do tricks. B, makes prank phone calls. C, writes his life story. Or D, uses binoculars to spy on his neighbors. Uh, let's see. What was the first one? Um, teaches dog to do tricks. Oh, it was D, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he didn't have a dog, first of all, and no, C definitely did not write his life story, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to write my life story. <laughs> no, not if I'm sitting at home bored. Uh, number five, house arrest was house arrest made Kale rather stir-crazy, as his probation officer had warned. What was one of the more creative things Kale did? A, created a Lego robot. B, assembled a model car. C, built a Twinkie Tower, or D, constructed a matchstick castle? Um, C, Twinkie Tower. Very good. Question number six. While under house arrest, Kale is tormented by practical jokes. Who perpetrates these pranks? Is it A, the cable guy, B, his grandmother, C, the mailman, or D, three neighborhood boys? Uh, D, the neighborhood boys. Correct. You know what's really starting to perpetrate these pranks on me is whoever's mowing their goddamn lawn outside right now while we're trying to record (laughs) oh (laughs) oh man anyway (laughs) a moving uh question number seven a moving truck next door catches kale's attention and alerts him that a beautiful girl named ashley is his new neighbor what was the name of the moving company oh gosh is it a mayflower moving b allied moving c beckons moving or d wheaton moving see in this one i'm not completely 100 percent about so yeah um do you want me to read them again oh uh, sure okay sure, sure. <laughs> so a mayflower moving b allied moving c beckons moving or d wheaton moving i'm gonna go with b the allied the moving? allied moving all right we'll see if that's correct 
Cross her fingers. Cross her fingers. Yeah. Um, question number eight. Kale and Ashley finally share their first kiss under unusual circumstances. Why is it odd that she has come to Kale's house at this particular time? A, her parents have grounded her for breaking curfew. B, she is breaking a restraining order. C, she has a party going on with guests at her own house. Or D, she has decided to avoid Kale. Uh, let's see. What was the question? It was... Kale and Ashley finally share their first kiss under unusual circumstances. Oh, why, why is it odd that she has come to Kale's house at this particular time? The party. There we go. It's definitely D, though, for sure. She has decided to avoid him, so she's coming over to his house for whatever reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> she left all her, her guests at her house. Alone. Yeah. Question number nine. Kale hears a TV news report that police are looking for a serial killer. How does the newscast describe the vehicle that the investigators believe the killer might be driving? Is it A, a blue 1960s Ford Mustang with a dented side? B, a rusted out 1976 gray Chevy van? C, a 1999 little red Corvette with a cracked windshield? Or D, a 1950s pink Cadillac convertible? Uh, It was the dented Ford... That is correct, sir. Uh, Question number 10. Disturbia is similar to an Alfred Hitchcock classic. Which one of these Hitchcock movies has a very similar plot? A. Notorious. B. Psycho. C. Shadow of a Doubt. Or D. Rear Window. D. Correct. Question number 11. Ashley, Kale, and his best friend Ronnie begin to suspect neighbor Robert Turner is a serial killer when they observe some suspicious activities. The role of Robert Turner is played by which actor? Ooh. A. David Morse. B. George Clooney. C. Robert Downey Jr. Or D. William Daniels. Hmm. Right. No. Okay. Uh, I think it was the first one. David Morse. David Morse. I think that's correct. We'll yeah. see. Like I said, I don't have the, I don't get Man. the answers on this quiz that I found, but we'll find them out at the end. Yeah. Um, R. J. would have been interesting. I know, right? Yeah. He would have been. Or George Clooney. George Clooney too. Yeah. <laughs> um, question question number twelve. What does this? What does the screensaver on Kale's computer read? Does it say A. Who's laughing now? B. Set me free. C. I didn't do it. Or D. Fallout shelter. Oh, dang. Uh, I'm gonna go with B. Set me free. Set me free. I believe that's correct. So seriously, I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. Number 13, while they're investigating Robert Turner, Ronnie almost gets caught in Turner's car. Since Kale and Ronnie are using surveillance equipment, Ronnie is able to warn Kale by saying what? A, the eagle has landed. B, code red. C, all, all the, all's well that ends well. Or D, Operation Stupid is officially over. D. <laughs> One of the best lines in the whole movie. Oh, yeah. All right. Question number 14. This is the second to last question, so we've only got one more after this one. Uh, Kale's ankle bracelet tracking monitor doesn't allow him to go more than 100 feet from his porch. When he goes out of range, the police are alerted. Who is the police officer assigned to his case? Is it A, his new girlfriend's father, B, his mother's boyfriend, C, the cousin of the teacher he assaulted, or D, a psychotic killer? Uh, C. Correct. All right. Last question. Question number 15. What is the tagline for Disturbia? Is it A, what you what you see isn't always what you get? B, curiosity kills? C, every killer like lives next door to someone? Or D, now you see him, now you don't? I think it was C, every killer lives next door to someone? Yeah. Okay, we're going to submit the answers now. <gasps> okay, so you got question number one right. Obviously. You got question number two right. Mm-hmm. Three is correct. Four is correct. Five is correct. Oh, shit. Six is correct. Oh, 
we got seven wrong. Oh, dang. It was Mayflower moving, not Allied moving. Oh, which it. I thought that's what it was, but I wasn't sure. I was not, I was honestly not sure about that one. Yeah. Um, eight, you got correct. Nine, you got correct. Ten is correct. Eleven is correct. Twelve is correct. Thirteen is correct. Fourteen is correct. And fifteen is correct. So you got fourteen out of fifteen, sir. Dang, just that. Good job. Thank you. Just that dang Mayflower. <laughs> Didn't catch that one. That freaking oh, moving van always screws everyone up every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was fun. Yeah, I hope it was. You, I hope you had fun doing the, the We Love Horror trivia round. I did. So, And I hope you had fun on the episode today, too. I did, yeah. It was great to go through the, the movie again Yeah. and, and analyze it. So, yeah. I'm good. excited to have you on again sometime. Oh yeah, yeah. We gotta figure out which movie we're gonna talk about next time. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But uh, do you want to uh, tell the listeners a little bit? Uh, plug yourself in real quick one more time before we go. Uh, okay. Um, so yeah, I just barely started uh, drawing or doing some cartooning or a bit more seriously than I have. And you know, if, you know, Michael noticed. Hey, I like your doodles and things. <laughs> like you should draw this for me. Like oh okay, and then they got, they got me thinking like why don't I just do this more seriously you know yeah they'd get more time to it and so I did so I created a a Facebook page called the Nimble Kids ooh and it has my cartoons that I put up there um yeah trying to get you set up on an Instagram account too at some point well, I'm a <laughs> technology tech technically technologically technologically, technologically that's a hard challenged. <laughs> So, no, I, I'm not so sure how to set up Pinterest with that, but yeah, I'm gonna figure it out. So, there yep. you go. So uh, once you have your Instagram account, I'll tell all my friends on my Instagram to come follow you, and then maybe you can get some more commission work. Cause oh. I'm telling you guys, like to the listeners that are listening to this, you're very good. Like you're very talented. Thank you. Like your art is so good. Like I remember when you showed me the first time, I was like, wow, this is so good. Cause I can't draw to save my life. So. You know, I stick to the podcasting and the film thing because that's what I'm good at. And, it, you know, you're very good at, you know, your Thank drawing you. and your comics. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. So hey, me too. Yeah. Me too. But uh, yeah, guys, that was um, it for the Disturbia episode. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at We Love Horror Podcast. Um, I'm also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you stream your podcasts. Um, and if you don't got, if you guys don't mind, if you guys would be so kind to go onto Apple podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be very much appreciated. It will help my podcast grow. Uh, it'll help find, help more people find me. Um, so yeah. And thank you again for listening. Thank you all for tuning in and thank you again, Steven, for coming on. You're welcome. Um, but we're going to get out of here. So we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.